holidays cinephiles and welcome to what i think is the funniest holiday episode we've ever produced on national lampoon's christmas vacation absolutely steve this is one where the reindeer are off the uh off the uh uh reins shall we say it's absolutely a crazy episode and i remember this is one of our legendary episodes and we're doing some new intros for each one of these re-releases as a thank you to all of you cinephiles fans for supporting us for another year we hope you've been enjoying it. Of course, shout out to our advisory board as well, who's been incredible. Uh, gifts under our tree, they've been uh, early Christmas gifts for sure. But thanks to all of you who've supported us, either by listening to us or being part of the Patreon. Uh, and we can't thank you enough. And if you think that this is the year that you will find out what is behind the bleep at the very beginning of the episode from our special guest, Michael Ross, guess what? You won't. You're never going to find out. That's going to be our secret forever. Absolutely. So open your jar of jelly for the month and enjoy Christmas vacation from the cinephiles. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. No, no, we're all in this together. This is a full-blown four-alarm holiday emergency here. We're going to press on, and we're going to have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny fucking K. <laughs> Welcome once again to the Cinephiles, where we have survived stomach viruses, sick kids, difficult travel plans, stressful holiday parties, and New Year's Eve, and oh my God, nobody survived. <laughs> Jesus, what is wrong with you? The show has been instantly derailed. My, my name is Steve Morris. I'm a filmmaker and directing instructor in Los Angeles, California. Hello, everyone. My name is John Roca. I'm a former writer and producer and host over at Collider. I was uh, let go on the day that we're recording this from that uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas from that wonderful channel. Absolutely. Uh, uh, but I am a writer, producer, and host on numerous other podcasts. And uh, look for Outlaw Nation. If it hasn't already dropped by the time we release this thing, I'm bringing that back as well. All right. Long live Outlaw Nation. And we are very, very happy to yeah. welcome back animation executive and one of our dear friends and i will say the person in my life closest to a real life clark griswold michael ross mm. welcome to the cinephiles thank you for having me back i don't know why you did i went back and re-listened to my first episode i have nothing to add to this show and i apologize ahead of time <laughs> i don't think so that's true at all john i all due respect and I'm going to say that a lot today, and I don't Good. mean it. When Good. somebody says that, I've been saying it a lot. All due respect. It, there's I'll no respect. respect. As soon as I say it, next, everything yeah. I say afterwards Nobody is says, all due respect, you're really great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't happen. That's it. That's true. Well, I, you know, and let me just take like 10, like 10 minutes at the beginning mm. of this to just talk about a few things. Okay. This, is, you know the show that I edit the show, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. yeah. okay. 10 uh, minutes, go. Yeah, we'll just cut out now. So- I think I recommended this show when you guys were first developing this. I recommended this movie, and Steve was like, "They were like doing real movies." Wow, <laughs> was that? Now, yeah, was that my tone? Well, now because you guys have like three hundred and seventy-five episodes, which I've I have not listened to all of them. You've run out of things <laughs> to talk about, right? 
Somehow there's only 375 movies in the history of mankind. There's a- <laughs> Wait, have we done 375 movies? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I got the tra- there's also the little trailers you do that oh, are teasing yes. the next the week's previews, episode yeah. sure. that you cannot skip through, which which takes <laughs> me into the next thing. There's two. <laughs> I've listened to most of the episodes. We've got to talk about the Halloween episodes. Oh, boy. Okay. Here we go. You Guys, know this is our Christmas episode, I right? know, but I... L- do you mean look, the Halloween movie episodes or the Halloween episodes? There's a Halloween one you did. Yes. And then you did Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes, we did. Correct. We also did The Shining. And we did The Shining. <laughs> it's not a horror movie. Okay. Oof. All right, like go ahead. Comment below, like, and subscribe. <laughs> Whether you think that's a horror movie, it isn't. It's a comedy. It's true. And there's a go sequel ahead. where they talk about that, too. So listen... The horror movies, you guys are both like, with both movies, you're like, I don't even like horror movies. And then and then you're like, and I don't even like this movie. And then you talk about other stuff for 40 minutes, and you don't even talk about the movie. Mm. I don't think he's listened to the show. Yeah, we, we always talk about the movie. Okay. Uh, the Well, listen, I understand. Talk- we did talk about <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. We did have an issue that we both don't think it holds up. But we gave that film its due in the conversation and the time we spent on it. Do you feel that we didn't? All due respect. Oh boy. Here oh boy. Here this is. Yeah, we know what this. I think you're talented. <laughs> let's let's start the show. So, in case you hadn't looked at the title or listened to the trailer, which according to Mike, I'm stalling because I don't have anything to talk about. This movie. Um, the movie we are talking about is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, the sequel to National Lampoon's Vacation, which we have, are not talking about. Right. We might maybe someday. Not today. Not tonight. Um, and my question, as always, is uh, John Roca. How did you first come to National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? Michael Ross. Michael Ross insisted on watching this movie. There's something we do all our group of friends, and people don't may not know this or may have heard us refer to it every once in a while. Something called Faux Christmas has been a tradition in our group of friends for 20 years, over 20 years. Uh, and one of those traditions on Focus is when we all get together before everybody gets out of town, we give each other presents or mix CDs or whatever the gift du jour is that year, but we all get together, make food, and then watch Christmas movies. I had avoided Christmas vacation because European vacations suck so much balls that I had no interest in seeing another sequel to a vacation movie, which I love the original vacation like sure. crazy. So to see, I did not want to see this movie, but Mike Ross insisted that it had to be part of our rundown for that day of Christmas movies. I stayed that day at Michael Volga's apartment, and I watched that movie, and I could not believe how much I enjoyed the film. I got you in my clockwork orange seat with your eyes pried open. I'll never forget that year. Yep, yep. And you loved it. I yeah. Just pried his eyes. You didn't like European vacation? I just really didn't like it. Everything Eric Idle does, very funny. Everything else, waste of my time. Okay. Okay. Well, you heard it here first. <laughs> um, right. And for you, sir. I don't remember. Really? But wow. now you it's, knew this was a question I was going to ask you. I told you I was not prepared. For, I was not prepared for tonight. I was just going to talk. I was going to critique this. If that was this your show only bit. And geek buddies, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and plug um, this great website I used to make my podcast, which we'll talk about later. Oh, good, good, good. Um, no, it's one of those movies where I feel like I've watched it every year since I was three. And I know that's not the case, wow. but I do not remember the first time I saw it. I have a question for you, and then I'll answer my own uh, question, of course. But mm. you do you, because we play it every year at Folk Christmas. Yeah. Do you actually watch it every year? 
oh, I well, I will watch it at least two more times outside of Faux Christmas as well. Wow. Because for me, for the last 15 years or whatever, I walk in and out of the room and like, oh, it's this scene. This is funny. And then I walk out of the room and then I have some more like unhealthy food. Well, it's been a problem over the last few years since yeah. we've been having more kids come into this group. Hmm. That's yeah. the end of the statement. It's just a problem that we've been having kids come into this group. <laughs> they because you're trying to shield them from some of the things that because there's a definite like there is no Santa in this movie, so we have to be careful with that with our three year old. Right. Mm. There's a lot of language, which is fine. It goes over their heads. Jess there's, loves it's a fa favorite part. Of course. Yeah. Language way, and violence. Way more distractions now. Yeah. People less sitting down and watching it. Yes. So that's why, like this year, my wife got, Marissa got me a special screening downtown with a Q&A, which we'll come back to later, with Chevy Chase. So I got to see it in a theater. Wait, Chevy Chase was at the Q&A? Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. We'll okay. talk about that. But we were in a big theater yes. with people yes. that have all seen it. And it was it was one of the best viewings I've ever had. That That's movie. always awesome. Yeah. When you get to see particularly that kind of movie that doesn't normally get the fancy screening no. and you get to go see it with a lot of fans. That's Absolutely. awesome. Yeah. This woman in front of me, probably 72 years old. Oh, dum, 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 dum. Music starts. She's going like this <laughs> <laughs> and laughed until the end of the movie. I, I knocked on her shoulder afterwards. I was like, you made my whole experience. She goes, I'm sorry. We play this every year for my family. <laughs> Everything that happened in this movie happens to my family. I was like, yeah, that's it. This is why Jesus was born is for this yep. movie in okay. Christmas time. So do you remember when I, just a few minutes ago when I was a little disparaging towards you because you didn't remember where you first saw their film? Correct. Do you remember? I don't remember yeah, where okay, I first saw okay. the film. I, 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 I well, know. Gonna, so I, we'll start the show here, right? Yeah. At this point. At the, <laughs> and hit record. Welcome to the cinephile. The, uh, uh, I saw it on videotape at some point. I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it. I went, eh. It's funny. Right. And then I mostly, my most of experience is watching, as I said, one scene before I walk out and have another drink or do another thing. And then I come in and watch another scene. I hadn't actually sat down and focused on watching it wow. until a couple of weeks ago. Oh, where oh, I really? really, I mean, I had watched it a long time ago. Huh. And then I watched little bits. Of, there wasn't parts that I didn't remember, but I had not watched it sequentially. In a long, long time. So did you finally understand what it was about? The deep, well, I, well and this is, I know we're going to talk about this because it actually, I saw so much more of my own holiday experience oh, since becoming a parent and watching it. Before it was all just some ridiculous slapstick and embarrassment comedy and, yep. and, and goods. And I think Chevy Chase is a really funny person in this era. Yeah. And. And but I didn't think of like oh I relate to Clark Griswold 100 until now. The, right. This was the first time after probably seeing it way too many. I think it was Killer Clowns from Outer Space is the movie I've seen the most. Then this more than Tiptoes. Oh, tip, dude, Tiptoes. Yeah. Yeah. Tiptoes was a lot of starts and stops. Okay. A lot of starts and fair, stops. Fair. You two can do your own. You can do a podcast on Tiptoes <laughs> without me. All right. Let's take a break and go do that real <laughs> I've quick. I've got extra time now. I'm great doing spinoffs. I'm getting better at this thing, too. I think you holding are. Holding the mic and all this stuff. So, mm. seeing at this time, this was the first time that I realized this was his first Christmas he was hosting at his house. Yes. Right. Yes. yes. He hasn't done this before. I've never, like, never caught that before. Wow. And that, like, it added it added so much more angst and, like, 
he reminds me of Larry David in um oh uh, sure Kirk. Kirk, yeah, yeah totally to, to a T like everything he does is completely justified in this movie for me well what's it what's so interesting which we'll get into is it, Larry David and Curb is a good example because there are many moments where you're like you're not a good person correct and yet you were with him a hundred percent yeah uh, and so, by the way, I believe, and it's getting harder for me to track all this now, but I believe this is our first Chevy Chase film. I don't think we've done anything that he's been yeah, in. Yeah, we haven't done Fletch. We haven't, we haven't done, done Fletch. Uh, we haven't done Spies Like Us. To or... be fair, there's not a lot of good Chevy Chase well, films. It, but Let's we haven't real. done one where he shows up. Isn't that true? No, it's hard. All like, due respect, there's not a lot of good Chevy Chase films. No, no yeah. <laughs> all due respect. <laughs> um, I would like to give a very small bio on him. Yeah, please. Uh, uh, which is, I did not, I, I did not realize how wealthy and influential the family he came oh, from was. Yes, and I didn't know what his real first name is. Cornelius. Which is Cornelius. Cornelius Chase. Cornelius Chase. Love it. So uh, you, we might be coming back in a strange way because I literally cannot remember what we were talking about. We're talking about Cornelius. Cornelius. That's what I, my wife came in. We had to move a car. There was a yes. whole thing. The whole she, thing. Uh, dude, we had a whole scene. She hit me <laughs> with you, the car or you the car. Physically. You probably. She was trying to push it. my car out of the way. Mm. So Chevy Chase. Yeah. You know I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of skip ahead. He, he, <laughs> he let me let spoiler alert. He did not go to medical school. That's part of my notes in here. Oh. Uh, and he became did some underground comedy. Became a writer on the Smothers Brothers show. And of course the big thing for him was writing for the National Lampoon Radio Hour, where he met John Belushi, Gilda Radner, Brian Doyle Murray, and Bill Murray. And of course that led to him being the breakout star in the first year of Saturday Night Live. Oh. And the and as what I didn't know is they were talking about him as the next Johnny Carson. Yes. Like there was big talk of like this is the guy that's gonna replace Johnny on the Tonight Show. And he went, Nope. And he left Saturday Night Live and went off to make movies. Um was supposed to be Otter in Animal House. Uh, instead, that's played by Tim Matheson, and he goes to make Foul Play, which when I saw it as a kid, I saw it in the theater, I thought that was the funniest movie what I had movie ever is seen. I, Goldie so Hawn I, and Chevy Chase did two movies together, Foul Play. Is it and good? It seems like old times. It seems like old times. They're both very funny for their time. I My guess is Foul Play. I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. My guess is really dated. Yes. Yeah. What are you guys doing tonight? Um, um, we're doing a podcast. Doing a podcast. After this, let's watch a movie, and then we could do a follow- we'll do a follow up. Uh, we should do a commentary like a track team on foul play. Oh my, this that is seems the like moneymaker ever. Totally uh, goes on to do Caddyshack, which he didn't uh, want to do. That movie does not hold up. That movie is not funny, and I'll fight my wife and anybody else that says otherwise. Uh, all due respect. You're an insane person. It absolutely holds up. Well, I did, think the things you did say all due respect. Yeah, so. I think the things that are funny are still funny. Yes, and I think they're vast. Sw- What's weird? The weird thing about this is not the Caddyshack podcast. What is weird about that movie is that movie was clearly intended to be a story about the caddy. Yes, and that that is totally not interesting. It's a movie about a gopher. It's, it's Rodney Dangerfield, Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, and the Gopher. That is and Ted Knight. If you can edit out every single uh, uh, relationship scene between yeah. him and the, uh, the, the randomly Irish girl, Irish girl yeah. there, you have a way better movie. Yes, we, that's great. Let's re-edit it. Yeah, um, we got a lot of. So we're doing a foul play oh podcast. So <laughs> we're going to be doing re-editing Caddyshack. Okay. Uh, Fletch is my favorite Chevy Chase movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fletch is so damn funny. Fletch lives. No, no, not so much, but still enjoyable. Just not as good. Matt Nost is a is that's his number one movie is Fletch. Number one above everything else, and that is why 
the top 10 show is not the cinephiles. That's <laughs> just put it that way. I love the top 10 show. It's a fine show. Everyone listening to the cinephiles right now should immediately download every episode. <laughs> Make sure to listen to the ads. But yes. Yes. I love Fletch. I, 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 Me too. I enjoy I, I love Fletch. Can I ask you guys something since you know a lot about film? Normally we, we ask the questions yeah, yeah. on the oh, podcast. Hey, Can I ask it as a statement? Sure. So during this Q&A that we went to, which was the most depressing thing ever, which we'll come back to, um, I know in all, like, all due respect, it was terrible. Um, do, do you see Chevy Chase in Saturday Night Live and the movies he's done mm-hmm. as a co-creator of the film or an actor that gave a lot to those roles and to the shows he did for what you know of film? Um, here's what I will say. So, so one a bit of pre-production I'll say is this comes from John Hughes, and these were uh, there were two sh- stories that he wrote for the National Lampoon, I think, in 1979 and 1980, and this one is based on one called Christmas '59, and so he's the creator. But almost everyone I heard talk about this movie, and maybe you can, you probably know about all this too, said, "Oh, Chevy told me to do that." All the actors, like Russ, the kid, Chevy was give, acting all his parts for Russ and wow. telling him how to do them. Do you think that is true of all the roles that he's done? Because here's why I'm asking. Okay. During the Q&A, mm-hmm. everything he brought up, from Saturday Night Live to any film he did, he said, when I created this movie. Yeah. When I, like, when I picked the thing. When mm-hmm. I was creating Saturday like, so... It was just interesting sitting in the audience. Like, I know he gives a lot. I know he, like, the performance is his 100%. But he had a cer- certain ownership over them that was odd that I hadn't seen in another performer before. Yeah. I will say okay. that I believe that it has been well documented and that I am not speaking based entirely on hearsay and rumors, although all I am speaking on is hearsay and rumors. Mm. But I believe you. That Chevy Chase is not a nice person. Yes. Well, I mean, listen to that voicemail. He left, uh, what's his face from Community, Dan Harmon. Uh, that'll let you know exactly how, how much of a person he From Chevy Saturday Night Live, all the stories about him mm-hmm. being mean and nasty and abusive, particularly to the women on Saturday Night Live, and being controlling and uh, difficult. Right. I'll go on and on. And There's on. a great Vanity Fair article. I've always wanted to say that. I don't even know if it was Vanity Fair, but I think it was. It was an interview with him a number of years ago that asks him about that because he's got three, like three daughters that are grown, a white, like the dickheadedness, like it's all part of an act. Like, I, I, do you know what I mean? Like that you just he can't help himself. Can't help yourself and all part of an act are not the same thing. Well, yeah, fair. Because <laughs> all part do, of an all act. All due respect, I think it is. All part, of a, all part of an act means I don't really mean it. Can't help yourself means I can't stop doing it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, it's, it's all subjective, isn't it? It's all subjective in our, how we approach things. Because Orson Welles has a just same sure. litany of complaints from female actors and members of troop of his troop who've said how terrible he's been to them. Brando has a list of people who've also said how terrible it was to work with his arrogant ass. It can just be that there are people who exist in the world who see things like in The Matrix, they're so aware of everything that they cannot relate to human beings in the same way because they see themselves as geniuses and they think other people are just below them inherently. And I don't know if that's true of Chevy. Maybe he has a socio pathic nature to himself 
that comes through in those moments. I don't know, but what I will say, not in defense of assholishness, <laughs> but in just admiration for the guy, yeah. is when he is good, oh. He, I think he does more with less than any comedian I oh can think God. of. Yeah. Like there, I remember there's it's just there's something where he's like a minister in an old Saturday Night Live episode where he keeps misspeaking. Yeah, and there's just like little lip moves, and I th there's like that are so funny, it's so real, and I don't know what is. And in this movie, I mean, just watch his face. Yeah, every reaction and flick of the eye and everything. He is so damn. Funny. Well, as many times as I've seen the movie, and even when people do his lines, and this is this sounds stupid, but like. It is impossible to reenact it. People oh, try reenacting, even the moment with like, with the handkerchief, where he's talking to the woman, like mm. the, 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 the miscommunication that he's doing, even when people try to repeat it, you can't. It's like, I, I don't know, it's like Shakespeare to me. I think it's so brilliant. Like mm. you can do little one-liners, but I don't think you can do a full scene the way he does it. Yeah. No. When he's brilliant. Uh, he's it, great. And I think the hidden truth with him, and especially in all the work he does is, he brings an actual connectable vulnerability to these characters, which I think wouldn't be possible if he didn't have that gear in him. Sure. There is a sweetness to Clark, as selfish or as stupid as he is sometimes. Clark does love his family yes. in his own way and has these visions for Absolutely. what he wants his family to be. And I think that's true of Fletch. I think that's true of a number of characters that Chevy Chase has played, including Caddyshack. I think he has a genuine affection for that kid he is trying to, to mentor to win the Caddy Championship. He has a genuine affection for I it. I think to me... But he's got those asshole natures. The difference between the, the Fletch character and the Caddyshack character with this is that those characters are always a little above everything. Mm. Like, Fletch is always at a faster speed than anybody right. else he's, he's with. He's the smartest person in the room every and time. All, yeah. and, and he's because he's continually making these jokes that yep. nobody understands. Right. And the guy in Caddyshack is, is also at an other level, whereas Clark... <laughs> He is behind oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah, true. He's true. He is not because because and this is an interesting thing is that you think he's behind. I think he is mm. always trying to catch up and always desperately trying to keep everything together. Well, Beverly mm. D'Angelo is the smarter of the two. Oh my god! Every single when time. she comes out of that door in that outfit when he falls off the roof into the bushes. <laughs> but he, but he's constantly time. messing things up. Yes, he's constantly uh, like you're right. He's constantly a step now at his job. He seems to be a very Honest. good person at his job. He makes some of the finest food additives There's of any, anyone. Yeah, everyone seems to give him a lot and, of respect. And a job. model of the pool that he's yeah. going to make, too. I mean, that's like, well, you know. Well, we were talking so much pool. about this movie. I think we should actually get into Let's it. Let's do it. Um, we can. I have a gift first. Oh. Oh. We have gifts? So as other... I brought you gifts last time, you too. You did. Have I, Now, I've listened to most Holy of the Holy Grail Ale, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Delicious. Have other people brought you guys gifts? Uh, No, only... No, you were the only and gift what are we? What are we drinking right now, guys? Who made these cocktails? Well, let me give it... It's not just what yeah, I'm drinking, yeah. but we really Can need to Can we get a shot some, of this? We got to get some we photos get a shot of this. Of we'll, we'll, Nobody has a camera. We'll, 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 uh, we'll, get, we'll get pictures. Put it up Sean on the website. Sean is taking a picture www.cinephiles-so we are drinking a lot of sap a lot of sap white russian i got it from bensons.com just a little plug for bensons.com great drinks great friends and they're served in what i can only describe as a moose chalice it's a wally world oh yeah. it is a wally world wally world cup the only problem with these if somebody's listening that makes these they really do not hold a lot of liquor and they're really heavy they are heavy yeah but in the best way 
Um, I like, by the way, because you didn't have your mic in your hand, that you I actually brought your, your glass to your to your mouth, hoping it would amplify you. I wish we would have filmed that. Also, too, because like we're after the holidays now, which yes. that you know it's it's hard. So I got into the holiday spirit, and I got you guys um, stockings. What? Yeah, we don't have a chimney to hang them from, oh. so. There you go. Thank you. They, Can we they look are beautiful inside? red stockings. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm, go, I'm reaching go in. For it. Oh, nice. Oh, we've begun our journey with Whoppers. Whoppers. Christmas I will be Whoppers, eating these no during less. the podcast. You'll yeah, definitely. Too. Oh, Swedish fish. Oh. These were in my great aunt and uncle's den in the back room when I was a kid, mm -hmm. and I knew the bowl they were in, and at all holidays, I ate Swedish fish. Did they get really hard? Like when you weren't there for they a little while, they, really? they were always fresh. They were always fresh. Ooh, classic cocktail jelly bellies. Yeah. Very Margarita, expensive. peach bellini, pomegranate cosmo, pina colada, strawberry daiquiri, and mojito. Mojito. Oh, I hope they have actual alcohol in them. Got a little high chew strawberry oh. uh, uh, fruity gum. Is it gum? Is this gum or candy? No, they're like gummy. Oh, you've never candies. had a high chew? No. You oh. open it up and have one right You should have one right now. They're they delightful. go great with white Russians. You do. And finally, uh, of course, a Kinder Joy. Oh, very, very. E everybody got the same things. So you guys can't be mad. There might be one other little I think thing. I got one, little I got one other. I got one other. Oh, a little gum to freshen up when yep. we're done. A couple of orbits. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mike, Mike Ross. You are the greatest gift giver of the cinephiles. Thank you. Truth. Thanks for having me on again, guys. It only took a couple of this years. This has been great. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been a good episode of the cinephiles. <laughs> no. <laughs> because guess what? We were about to go through an animated credit sequence. Oh, boy. Here we go. Yeah, Which man. is really fun. And it's funny. that time. Christmas time is here. Everybody knows there's not a better time of year. And that's all I have to say about that. Perfect. It is Santa. We're in the car, singing Come All Ye Faithful Christ in harmony. the Lord. Sing it, Russ. <laughs> Take it, Russ. La 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 la, la 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 la. Is this something that you both experienced growing up with your family, singing Christmas carols in the car? I'm Jewish. That's irrelevant, I think. <laughs> Plenty of Jewish people Every celebrate Jewish Christmas. Wants to celebrate we did Christmas. sing songs in the car. Uh, we did not. I don't remember singing Christmas carols. What, okay. What's funny is neither of my my dad is tone deaf, and my mom was not a great singer, so it was not like sounds like in fun. harmony. My dad's belief on singing was because he had a deep voice was as long as he sang like the lowest notes he could sing, <laughs> that was probably correct. No. We did, definitely. And now that I have a three-year-old, her favorite thing is Christmas music. And mm. we definitely are. The problem is my wife didn't sing very well, so we, the harmonizing happens between me and my daughter. Oh, wow. Good. Yeah, we tell her to sit it out. I yes, this absolutely happened when I'm in my childhood. I love the language when, when Clark has to describe what they're going to do. We're kicking off our fun old-fashioned family Christmas by heading out into the country in the old front-wheel drive sleigh to embrace the frosty majesty of the winter landscape and select that most important of Christmas symbols. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just great. It's perfect. It is. He's been planning it all year long. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. this is the start of the journey he has been planning his entire life. Well, and this is what's so great about Clark and so terrible is that Swedish fish are going are yeah. open right now. Is that he has envisioned the perfect, the perfect holiday experience. Oh yeah. And he is going to do whatever he possibly can to make that thing happen. Correct. Uh so we're heading off to get a tree. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, there is a truck that's kind of 
tailgating him a little bit, wants him to pull over. And Clark just reasonably like slides over so the guy can pass him and there's no problem. Is that what happens? No. <laughs> you can't let it go. Can't not let it can't go. Can't not let it go. Now, see, this is what I had grown up. Mm. That section of the movie is what I had grown up with my dad. That was your Christmas? Oh, yeah. My dad loved picking fights with drivers on the road. It was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> so Christmas carols, nary a carol was sang <laughs> in our car. But certainly the battle of who's... Kinnis Mas Macho in the car happened all the time growing up as a kid. It's so because I don't that gear. Oh yeah, I don't have that in my person. Like I, I can be very competitive in certain areas, but like why? Like I'm gonna get in front of that guy and slow down, and you know I can't, he won't pass me. And like mm-hmm. why? I don't because, understand. Because that wasn't part of the plan. That's why. Yeah, it wasn't part of the plan. But one of the best moments of the movie is about to happen in the first minute and a half. It's the look he gives. <laughs> Describe it for me. He's he he says, "Don't worry, Ellen, I got this." And he is turning, but he does this head thing, like as he's looking over and does this slight head tilt, like everything is gonna be okay, and then winds up underneath the truck. But that simple head tilt and look to the left is one of the best laughs in the movie. Yes, his little looks are just amazing. Perfect. Yeah, no, they're great. Um, and the like, moment under the is tr- that a practical effect, by the way? Do you know? They, yes. So, so m- all of the driving with the Griswolds is uh, processed. It's green screen, but oh. those. The, and this was, by the way, that stuff was the first day of shooting. It's a first time director. One thing I didn't mention is that the original director was Chris Columbus. Oh, correct. Yeah. And he got Home Alone, and so he said, "Nope, I'm going to go do Home Alone instead." And they bring in this guy whose name I honestly forgot uh and he is uh was a commercial director this is his first day and yes those are stunt people underneath a slightly raised up truck driving in tandem under the truck oh that's God. that's a practical effect wow. well there's really no other way to do it frankly like you're not going to do a model for that and there's no cg so there's no they could composite it but it'd be really hard no it's easier to just to get you know we're going to drive this speed and drive under the truck right and if these like stunt guys who don't have a union yet die who care like who cares We'll just, well, right? Sure. I don't think they had a union at this point. You made me uncomfortable, and yes, they did have a union. I, <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm pretty sure they've had one since the 50s. The union's been around a while. I'm not sure about the, what um, and, and And Ellen uh, Beverly D'Angelo gives a prayer in yes. which she says, and forgive my husband. That's oh. not what he does. And he, Amen! Hallelujah! And he pulls out, jumps, smashes through the Christmas tree sign, yeah. and we're going off to look for a tree. She is a saint. To deal with all Clark's bullshit, she is such a saint. She should have left him a long time a ago. A long time ago. <laughs> it should never he, have provided. He provides. He you does know? provide. I'm sure there are plenty of. That's a beautiful woman, Beverly he, D'Angelo. I'm sure oh, there's yeah. plenty of Certainly. men who would fight to provide. For this her. is the. You see, when your when your husband <laughs> is continually risking the family's lives <laughs> and your life, and you're just going, okay, yeah. this is where. Like I was thinking as I was watching, it's like what. What is wrong with her? Like, why is she allowing well, you all these things to happen? Get a little bit of the hint of that with the with the parents. Well, the parents. Oh, great yeah. point. Great. A points. little bit, and then the cousin yeah. Eddie side of it. We're talking about that. So later. we're trudging through the snow to go cut down our tree. Have you ever done the real tree cut down? We did not like that. I mean, I, that's. It seems to me they've they're off the tree farm. They just went off into the woods. Oh yeah. They started at a tree farm. Oh yeah. Yeah. There it is. And, of course, the god lights come down, and there we see the perfect 20-foot-tall, huge tree. Kids are freezing. And we should say that the kids are Juliette Lewis 
and uh, what's his Johnny name? Galecki. Johnny Galecki. Rich. Um, By the Rich. way, is this the first time you realized they were recast or no? Because Anthony <laughs> Michael Hall. It's Anthony Michael Hall. No, what you're talking about is the same kids every time. What are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, he he mentioned because it's like, yeah, you want to keep the kids young. Any yeah. any older, they're it's not it's funny. It's not fun anymore. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's only it's only fun when you're freezing young kids. Exactly. Right. Although Juliet Lewis, she goes and makes uh, Natural Born Killers like next. It's like a year later. Yeah, and then Kate and Kate Pierre. Yeah, and then the last button on that scene is. Dad, did you bring a saw? Doing. Doing. The sound design guy on this movie. There's so many like. Yeah really goofy sound effects in like that are just i don't know for the it, it felt they feel weird but they, they make sense for this but it's weird well this is what's funny and about this movie is this movie is uh bugs bunny style i mean this is a cartoon totally it's so that we have cartoon sound effects absolutely and we have physical things happening that are way beyond realism and that gets sillier and sillier as we're going to go along which i think this is why there's an animated sequence to intro the movie this is to let you know that's a great point this is a cartoonish film and and I appreciate it. And working in working in the animation world, I all due respect, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't know how you. I don't know how you. Now I don't know how you're, don't know how you're yeah. using it. <laughs> I'm confused. Okay. Uh, right. We drive home and we see that they have somehow literally pulled the tree out, out. by its roots. I don't know how they did it. Ridiculous. Clark is surprisingly strong. He is. Um, and we're back home. Do you it, think that was written in the script or they got like the prop guy, like they got back to the car and he's like, yep, this was a, just a decision that we made. I will tell you specifically, Ooh. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. So, I just don't think all four of them could have trudged that, that, <laughs> that tree. tree. I mean, I, I, I have uh, pulled a tree out from the ground. It's really hard. Yes. And we had chainsaws <laughs> and, and, you know, like it's hard. Um, anyway, we're back home. Let's meet the neighbors. Oh, my God. And this is right before Seinfeld, isn't it? Because this yes. is shot in 88. Yeah. And she comes on to Seinfeld in 89 or 90. Right, right. Yeah. And this is like right after her stint in after SNL. SNL. So she's kind of in that weird kind of, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do next well, And I'm place. sure she's very happy to get a little sure. supporting funny role. With a legendary SNL guy. Right. Yeah. Yep. And they are, I think they are. Like, this is the yuppie. Like, this is the perfectly mm, classed, here are the obnoxious yuppie. We are not supposed to like them. Right. And it's, what's funny is, as I watched it, I went, I know I'm supposed to hate these people. But I really just feel bad for them at a certain point. Oh, yeah. Because that's, that's getting older. When you're young, in your 20s, you really hate that couple. They're obnoxious. Right, right. right. As you get older, you're yeah, like, you know what? the home, and you're like, that window was expensive. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you know what? The Living stereo system? Clark can't be easy. No. Nope. Like, and maybe their backstory, like... Neither one of them have parents anymore, and celebrating yeah, yeah, yeah. Christmas is really sad for yeah. them. And the thing is, they don't, don't actually do anything bad in the movie. Like they don't. Yeah. They don't. Act, they, the first thing that happens is Clark comes out with the hockey mask and the chainsaw, and they say, "You know, hey Griswold, where do you think you're going to put a tree that big? Bend over, and I'll show you." And then follow. Got a lot of nerve, Griswold. I wasn't talking to you. I mean, that is a horrible thing yeah. to say to your neighbors. Yeah. I mean, it is, but you got to, there's, you got to imagine the years they've lived there. They've probably done some pretty crappy stuff. Well, that's, I think it, the movie sets up like here are the asshole neighbors. Yeah. But in fact, they never do anything in the I film asshole-ish. They could do a prequel. Maybe they can explain They're like the self-involved LA neighbors. Yeah. Yes. Totally. Right. So they're immediately the villains. Like, and, just by and, look and appearance. They have some of the best one-liners yes, in the movie too. 
And, and today they would be a whole different set of yeah. stuff. It wouldn't be the the Bang & Olufsen stereo and the Evian water. It would be other things today, but we could still cast the self-obsessed, you know. <laughs> those CD, those, because I remember the one neighbor too, we had a neighbor like this that had those automatic CD players. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He had like 500 CDs. And that's what the what the ice, ice skull goes into, right? Yeah. Yep. It's like the automatic CD player. Oh, my God. <laughs> so rich. The tree has made it into the living room. And he's still trying to make it all good. No, no, it's not too tall. It's just just needs a little thinning out. That's all. A lot of sap. A lot of sap. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, he cuts it, and it breaks the window. Um, In the most ridiculously comedic way, too. Like, the branches go straight out. Yeah. Yeah, It's so goofy. I love the physical comedy of them in bed with him with the sap on his fingers. Amazing. It is really funny. Reading Amazing. the magazine and with her the, hair. Her yeah, hair. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, it's really. And again, this is where you see Chevy is so good. Yeah. And what we hear is that all the family is coming, both sets of parents. And there's <laughs> going to be a lot of conflict. And there's going to be. a. And he's just like, that's what this is Christmas. This is what this is about. This was my Christmas, though. Every Christmas we have. And Marissa, too, my wife, between 15 Back in the day, it was even more 15 to 20 people that spent Christmas Eve and Christmas and slept over and then oh. had Christmas morning with us the next wow. day. We went and visited. It was my mom's side of the family for Christmas Eve and my dad's side of the family for Christmas Day and various other things. Mm. And I will say, I don't know what your experience of family holidays have been. There was frequently some upset. Yes. Always. There was uh, one holiday where there was just a screaming match in the back room. The same room as the Swedish fish, by the way. There was another holiday where there was yelling about how the butter was sliced. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of, you know, there's just holidays have upsets. I, I, I used to hate Christmas because of that. The, my Both sides of my family always had drama mm. because Latinos just inherently have drama at holiday functions. Oh, but, but, and yeah, go ahead. No, but was like Christmas... Was there ever a sacred? Was like Christmas morning at least? If we, we never in, get to that if, in this movie, if we were in our house by ourselves, yes, Christmas morning was great. But if we were at another house going there to celebrate, it was not always good because sometimes we would sleep over. The family would sleep right. over all of us, like on the ground or whatever. We would just sleep on the ground and wake up the next morning, and everyone opened their presents. That wasn't fun. It was not. Uh, well, no, no, because and I'll tell you why. This is the. I'll give you an example of how bad our family was. My grandmother, my father's mother, uh, this is not a nice woman. She was staying with our aunt's kids. She found out what my brother, my sister, and I were getting from another pair of aunt and uncles and switched the names on the presents so that they, the family wow. she was staying with would get the better presents. She thought they were better presents for than for us. And she got caught doing it by me. A 15-year-old wow. kid walked in on his grandmother changing the names on the presents. And I was at that age where I went to my dad, told her, told my mom and dad what happened. And my dad didn't want to do anything because he didn't want to upset the, his own right, family. Sure, sure. My mom went raised hell because you don't mess with my mother's kids. She went ape shit on my grand my grandmother and on the people and everything got switched around and from that point forward we never again did uh, a, a christmas yeah a big yeah. christmas we never went again to a big christmas 
Was yeah. that that was your favorite Christmas? No, no, I'm saying oh, okay. that. I'm telling you, that's why I hated Christmas I for a like long time. Like that was the best one. Like no, the, no, that was that was the, that's the example, of the worst thing. Because oh. Michael Vogel had to bring me back into loving Christmas through Folk Christmas and other things. Because I always had a terrible experience with that holiday. Now it's my favorite holiday. The 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 more because I'm I've said before, Jewish kid who grew up celebrating yeah. Christmas. The morning of Christmas with my immediate family was the best. Love yeah. it. As soon as the, part of it is I didn't like big parties. And like with my family, when I was a little kid, I had to dress up in a suit, you know, to go to things, right, right. you know, and it was just, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of people and you, you were required to behave a certain way and do certain things. And it was. So the part of the movie where it goes, ding dong. Oh yeah. Ding dong. Really? <laughs> Absolutely. Resonates with you. Okay. What? What? One more thing uh, about the scene that I like is I. Is Wait, that... can I tell you about my Christmases? Oh, sure. They were perfect. Okay. We had the best Christmases ever. All right. Yeah. That's it. My dad would leave the VHS player playing on extended play and just film. We have we have video of all from when I was zero till probably last year. He just filmed the whole thing. Wow. So we. That's it. I'll probably pull them out at the end of this. We could watch them. Uh, uh, Our Christmases thing to do. were perfect. <laughs> Um, Great stories, everybody. I love, I love the 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 last moment where she's Beverly D'Angelo's basically saying, "You know how you get right," and he goes, "I want to have Christmas here in our house. It means a lot to me. All my life, I've wanted to have a big family Christmas." And she says, "It's just that I know how you build things up in your mind, Sparky. You set standards that no family event can ever live up to." When have I ever done that? And then she just goes on the list of uh, parties, anniversaries, weddings, and the fingers stuck. Fingers are stuck in the, <laughs> and it's a great Lamp mix shade. of her funny lines and him stuck to everything because of the sap. It's a great end of the. Scene. I rewatch that every year and try to figure out because he does have sticky stuff on oh, some yeah. of it. Oh sure, but 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 he's holding it at some points too, like. And you can't catch. It's like really hard to catch. Like what is what's got sticky stuff on it? What's he holding? It's brilliant. No, he's she, really good. She is the Ginger Rogers to his Fred Astaire, hundred <laughs> percent, because she sure. plays straight totally with all his ridiculousness. Totally. That whole scene is a perfect example. She never breaks. She never gets frustrated. She just straight delivers the lines as her hair is covering her face, as everything is going on around her. She's brilliant, Beverly D'Angelo. We're off at work where we see that where we find out that he is a food additive specialist. We see, we find out there's this bonus check coming, which is a key plot point, and that he is going to get a pool. He's created a, a non-varnish, what is it? <laughs> it's a semi-permanent, non-asmotic yeah, uh, right. food varnish. That's it. Yeah. Sounds um, delicious. This is perfect writing, too, because she says in that scene, you build things up, you build things up. Right. And here's Clark already assuming what bonus he's going to get and what he's going to do with that bonus, so building up expectations in his own mind. This is a pattern. Absolutely. And and not only do we find that out, but he actually put down a down payment on that pool before getting the bonus. Right. Just assuming he's going to get it. And as we're hearing that, we see marching up the big boss, Brian Doyle Murray. And what's funny Related is- Related to- <laughs> Bill Murray. Bill, Bill Doyle. Bill, Bill Doyle. <laughs> William Doyle. <laughs> um, what's funny is you, our, our Christmas movie last year also had Brian Doyle Murray because we did Scrooge. Yes. Are you the one who was working on that non-nutritive cereal varnish? Yes, sir. I've got to give a speech to a trade group. I'd like to mention it. Write up a brief summary and have it to me by the end of the day. And I do love as all the train of, of executives go by. Merry Clark's, Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Kiss my ass. Kiss, Kiss my ass. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> My guess is that's Chevy Chase. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Let's go shopping. Can I show you something? I was just smelling, smiling. I was just browsing. Where I think Chevy Chase is so good is doing things like his stumbling monologue with Nicolette Scorsese. Oh, right. Who is the beautiful woman behind... And I, as far as I know, she's not related. Yeah. Wouldn't be the Christmas shopping season if the stores were any less hooter than they are. Harder than they are. Whew, it is warm in here. Well, you have your coat on. Yes. Oh, do I? How did that happen? Because it's cold out. Yes. Yes. It is. It's a bit nipply out. I mean nippy out. <laughs> what did I say? Nipple? <laughs> and the way he laughs, it just... That's what I'm saying. Like, you can't... I challenge, this is another challenge, uh, listeners, you can't redo what he does in, that, in those scenes. It's, it's brilliant, and it's so real. Well, and what's so funny is him, it's him trying to live in the illusion that he's flirting with this girl. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Like in him not being able to quite pull it off and then trying to recover and then getting caught in it, he's, he's actually doing so much stuff. That's Even why I think you're right. And he's in the... He misses the pocket over yeah, right, here for right. a second. Oh, my God. But doesn't she lift up her dress? She, she does. She does. So I think he's getting somewhere in his mind. Well, the, Whether he's actually getting somewhere is up for debate. Well, the well, implication, because this is the Christy Brinkley right, exactly. you know, thing, the implication is that Clark Griswold could get with this woman if if all circumstances were different. But what I love about it, though, is he, he admits that he is married and there's a woman there. You know what I mean? Like, mm. he's not total slime ball with it, you know? Like, no shit. I think he's given the opportunity. No shit. <laughs> By the way, this year where it was screened, oh, at our friend's house. Oh, yeah. yes, yes, yes. He was playing it on TBS. Ooh. So here's what we got. That's my name. Russ walks up. Really? I was, I was so mad. And everybody was in the, in the kitchen talking, and I was like, what are we watching this on? He's like, TBS. Do you not want the commercials? I was like, I want all the words that I know from watching this Wait, movie. Our host, who yes. would be nameless, would not spring for the three bucks to rent Christmas oh, Vacation. Or nobody brought it who was part of the I mean, people I who were coming over. I have it right over here somewhere. Yeah. Oh, I was just so mad. John, I can't tell you how excited I am about the Cinephile's new sponsor, an absolutely incredible game, Marvel Strike Force. Now, anyone who's listened to the show knows that I've been reading comic books since I was five years old, and this is like a comic book fan's dream come true. You could create a mobile squad and play as your favorite Marvel characters. I mean, everyone is there. The Punisher, Vision, Black Panther, Cap, or even my favorite Marvel character of all time, Daredevil. Your goal is to power up those characters, unlock gear, and use them to compete in player versus player mode, alliance mode, and real-time arena. Yes, yeah, Stephen, as we speak, they are enjoying their six-year anniversary. Six years, wow. And you know what that means? Free stuff just for signing up via their unique link in the description. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses. If you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. Completing every single mission throughout the entire anniversary will result in an even more special reward. Make sure to log in each day and each week to take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out, y'all. Check out that unique promo code, and for every new user, please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. Once again, thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force. We're very, very excited to have you sponsoring this episode. 
Uh, you mentioned that doorbell. It is ringing. It's time to meet the family. And they sweep in with discussions of moles and who looks old and pints of fluids coming out of their oh back. God. And it is an entrance. Yes. One other thing about this scene, when they were filming it, an earthquake happened. Wow. Apparently, Chevy pushed everyone out of the way to, for him to get to oh safety first. <laughs> fire! Fire! Well, <laughs> <laughs> stands. Um, Do you know what's really sad watching that scene is they're all dead. All yeah. four, many, all many four of them are dead. Yeah, wow, right. All four. All four. E.G. Marshall, right? Yeah, uh, yeah that's right. George's the, mom. We should say yeah. the great E.G. Marshall, yes. who we last saw. Have we done anything with him since 12 Angry Men? Not since 12 Angry Men. <laughs> Fantastic actor. Yes. I wonder what he's thinking about this. Probably just like, I got a gig. Yeah, I think actors, especially actors at that age, they're like quite happy to yeah. do these. I mean, that 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 old guy that plays the oldest guy that plays the oh. grandfather, like he had a comeback with Pritzi's Honor and this film, and then uh, Forget Paris. Like he had a little. What bit of was run. crazy? So that's William Hickey. Yeah, William Hickey. Here's what I learned about him. You want to know how old he actually is when he made this film? No, no, sixty-two. <laughs> Which is, I'm fifty-one. That guy's not that old, and he because he seems like he's a hundred years yes, old. Yes, he does. But but <laughs> it's pretty good makeup because oh in yeah, the, in the flashback that they do when he's watching the video, the the mm. tape, he actually looks really young in that. Yeah, mm. yeah. You know what I mean? Like I think they I think they dolled him up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. movie movie magic. Um, I love the next moment. There's like the quiet moment after the arrival, and Clark says, "I'll uh, park the cars and." Check the luggage and uh, yeah, I'll be outside for a season. <laughs> it's kind of giving in a little, you know, just a little bit, but like I need a break. All good. So I have a few lights out on my house right now yeah. for the holidays. Sure. They're two strands. They're solar powered. Clark has a few more than that. 28,000 lights, yes. I think. <laughs> and those are those are like... The old school ones too. Mm -hmm. One bulb goes out. They all go out. Yeah, but like like pure glass, not like real deal. And he's got the sun out to help him put up the stuff. And Russ says, "I think you might be overdoing it, Dad." Russ, when was the last time I overdid anything? And then here, unravel these and throws him a giant knot of stuff. Uh, The neighbors come out to look. I hope he falls and breaks his neck. I'm sure he'll fall, but I don't think we're lucky enough to have him break his neck. I think it's the anticipation of watching him on that ladder that makes it so damn funny. Because you're just waiting. You, you know oh, this is going to go horribly. Yeah, 100%. Um, I haven't seen Vacation, the original Vacation, in forever. It's not this slapsticky, is it? <sighs> no, it's it's more in the vein of Animal House, where it's situation. More situation. So. Right, like... With directions. Fuck your mama. Thank you. It's more it's situational. Dark, a little darker, too. Oh, yeah, it's a little darker. A Absolutely. Little Especially the Wally World sequence is oh, pretty dark. That's really dark. Kidnapping dark. a security yeah. guard against his will and forcing him to make you go on a ride is pretty dark. Um, comedy's changed. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of stuff that we thought we could make jokes about that people will not I still mention. do. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. Yeah, we noticed. I still do. Um, he does fall down that ladder. Yes. Um, well, no. Even let's just break this scene down a little bit because this is one of my favorite scenes. Because if anybody's, if you guys decorated a house for Christmas, sure, not like you. Thank you. So I'm telling you, you are my Clark Griswold. A hundred percent have stapled a clothing item to the house. <laughs> Use the staple gun. 
went into like the light, like into the wire of the lighting, shorted the whole thing out 100% with like, put the ladder up. You think it's secure. You're st- that moment where there's like the pause where he, he hears the, the click of the ladder yep. and it was down and it's the quick, like, did anybody see? Yep. Did anybody see? Okay. Still secure. Good. Great. Okay. Let's go. I, I, <laughs> you know, I, I was, uh, uh, I had like, you know, you try to push down a uh, garbage into a garbage can that's full. So I like kind of tried to push it down, couldn't push it down. So I climbed onto the garbage can and now I'm jumping on top of it to make it go down. And our garbage can has wheels. And so the garbage can went out from under me Ooh. and I flipped out of that, landed on the hood of the car, rolled off the hood of the car onto the bricks. And I had to say, I have a lot of practice falling down from doing yeah. a keto. I did a really nice fall. Like I, I did well. I, I did dent the hood slightly okay. and hit the ground, and I popped up, and I did exactly that. I looked. Anyone see that? Anyone see that? <laughs> We're cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Did you get right back up there? Jump right back get, up. Yeah, get it back yeah. down, and then it's good. <laughs> you got to get right back in there, Carl. Absolutely. Can. Get back in the can. Absolutely. That's what my dad always told me. Um, and then also he falls off the ladder and he goes onto the other side and does that motion with his hand where it's in, out, in, out. <laughs> like just it, it, it die. Every single time, die. Yeah. We hear a little bit more about what the some of the sleeping arrangements are going to be for the family. Yeah. Uh, Juliette Lewis not happy about at all sleeping with her brother. Well, I, I don't know what to say except it's Christmas and we're all in misery. <laughs> well, this is this is the th- and and this is what I so we 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 traveled with uh, my family. I was with my mom. We were with my kid. And what we had to tell my son over and over again was. It's the holidays. You have to, you know, you have to make this sacrifice. Yes, you're up late. Yes, you did get to sleep. You know, all this stuff. Because, and it's a weird thing. Like, here's the happiest time of the year where we have to do all this crazy hard stuff. Absolutely. It's very strange. Again, we're back on the roof. His leg gets tangled in the lights. And we're waiting for that slapstick. And then he slides down that roof, catches the gutter. And again, to, to, to the same thing you said before, he there's the pause yep. hanging onto that gutter. Yeah. And that's part of where the, the comedy comes from. Yep. Snap, snap, snap. Yep. And the rain gutter flies through the neighbor's window, destroying that it's stereo. The, it's the ice that had been f- the water oh, that the had water been frozen. Oh, the water inside the gutter. And the physics of this, I've watched this movie many times. It doesn't, it does not track. No. But it's no. still great. Still a great scene. It's time to light the lights. 250 strands of lights. 100 individual bulbs per strand for a grand total of 25,000 imported Italian twinkle lights. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. These are the good lights. By the way, this is, and you didn't get it from Amazon nope. back in the, so. No. How? He has a guy in Naples. Oh, love it. And then he makes a speech. <laughs> he, should, he should learn not. Don't make a speech. I dedicate this house to the Griswold family Christmas. Oh. Test the lights first. <sighs> I know, but he's just so... Sh- he, he feels like he did. And then drum roll. Drum roll. And then not everybody's doing it. He goes, drum roll. <laughs> you see, like, a little bit of anger, you know, just like... We're, this is gonna be perfect drum and, roll and then that wonderful chevy chase overly dramatic singing voice joy to the world <laughs> <laughs> nothing nothing oh it's beautiful and i love what i love too is the father-in-law and just the and the and the mother-in-law who just already hate him obviously so, no respect for him at all but love cousin eddie which is that is the weirdest thing but you know that happens in like it does happen in families like, just oh yeah treat him nicely why are you such yep. a jerk 
And well, needless to say, the lights don't work. The no. family all abandons Clark, who wants Russ to come help him check every one of those 25,000 bulbs. No, it's just Clark all alone in the cold. <laughs> uh, we see everyone in their horrible sleeping conditions. It's the next morning. Clark uh, heads up to the attic. Oh, my God. And he's this hiding some presents. Finds an old present. Do you oh, remember? Yeah. Do you remember what? I always try to remember and I forget. But do you remember what the present, what year it was from and what it was? Oh, no. I don't. It was Happy Mother's Day. And I think it was like 78 or something like wow. that. Wow. It's probably so wrong. But it, I feel like that's right. But it is Happy Mother's Day. It's Happy Mother's yeah. Day for sure. I thought it said Happy Birthday, Clark. Does it not? Yeah. Ooh. I don't know. You're, I, I defer. To, I, we'll find I, out I, after the yeah. break. Um, <laughs> And all, then, due res- all due respect, you might be right. And then grandpa comes out and closes that attic. Grandma comes out. Oh, it's a grandma. She comes out and she's like, does the, the like overacting. It's so cold. Yeah. She goes, it's so cold. And then closes it. Slam. And now they're all, everyone's heading out and Clark can't get out of the attic. He's yelling to them. They're heading to the cars and Ellen's going, well, I think Clark wanted to come with us. And they're just like, I got to get, I got to get some food. I just took my pills. <laughs> yep. And they head off. He screams through that little window, and now he's trapped in the attic. Well, one again, another great Lotsy when he's trying to open up that damn window and slams it really hard with his hand and smacks the back of his head. <laughs> also one of my favorite moments of the movie because you get to see the most amazing intricacies of how he has stapled all of the lights to yeah. that house that they go oh, right. in concentric circles around around that like like how much work was done to make it look as good as it as good as it is. Here's what I don't understand about holiday. So Karen would she loves holiday lights and always wants to do more and and I and I'm always just like well if I work, I work so hard to get them up why don't I just leave them up? Like I don't because you have oh, to take them all down. You like the hillbilly stuff. You like to lay it up. You like to leave it up all, all year. Absolutely, oh. I am full hillbilly. Well, I tell you, I, I, I totally respect that. We didn't get our tree until this year, like Lindley and I, until our second week of December, and we are purposely leaving it up for another week because the tree is beautiful. Sure, and they were I expensive don't want this year because they were fires, expensive. and I don't want I don't want to take it down because of what it symbolizes. So I understand, Steve. Sometimes leaving stuff up, it's not a bad thing for Christmas. It makes you smile every time you look at it. I, I, I'm always like, look, if the lights are pretty, aren't they pretty in July? Yeah. Like, what's the problem? I agree. I agree. Look, Ross celebrates Easter once a year, but he leaves that crucifix up all year. So I feel like that's the same thing. Both crucifixes all year. There you go. Better I believe it. I don't it. think that is the same thing. Well, you don't think it's, it's a symbolize, it symbolizes a season. I, I think the crucifix is more of an. All- <laughs> I've been to churches. I think this usually. is. I think this is where Jews and Catholics just don't understand each other at this point. I think that's. Yeah. Maybe in the course of this podcast, you and I will. will co- the three of us will come a little closer. I think it's a really it's great possible. idea. I think so. This is a two-parter, right? We got <laughs> the way you're making it. Yeah. This is. <laughs> you're. Everybody's having a lot of real fun. All right. <laughs> You're not even recording, are you? Nope. You, nope. This I is told like a, not this all a just prank. A this is prank. just like a. I think it went really well. I wonder where they're gonna post it. And then you don't. Sorry, Mike. Your mic went out the whole time. Yeah, yeah. yeah really. but we still had a great time. <laughs> he steps, were, Clark's, Clark steps on a board. <sighs> oh God. <sighs> yeah. And another. <laughs> Three, and then the fourth one almost comes up and he stops it. Old school it looks comedy, re- man. It, this is oh, Buster Keaton shit. Totally, yeah. Man. Breaks through the floor. 
He's getting really cold, and I love the outfit that he 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 puts together. Well, it's yeah. first the outfit, it's first the outfit, then he gets a thing, and then he busts through the floor. The outfit of the the it's it's pink gloves and a green hat and um, and the mink coat. I mean, that is just awesome. Super. And then he feels the warmth coming from the bed. Oh yeah, and, and he's just like, <laughs> so good. And then he finds the movies. Oh. And this is this is the crux of the character. It is, and and, and here's a funny thing. Uh, there a long t- long ago when we did Crimes and Misdemeanors, the Woody Allen movie, mm-hmm. there is a line from the professor, the old professor who talks about love. And one of the things he says is that when you fall in love, you're trying to do two things. You are both trying to recreate the past, the love, your childhood feelings of love from your family, and correct the things that were wrong in your childhood right that's clark griswold Mm -hmm. is that he is trying to recreate the perfect christmases and yet what we hear is that they were never perfect correct is that and so he's trying to recreate and correct them and of course this is he he is a classically tragic figure because he his hubris has led him to believe that he can somehow create holiday perfection and in fact, you cannot. Right. And I so relate to this. This is what there was so much in the last two weeks where I was like, you know, just we're just going to make this work. I can make all the I, I will take on whatever burden is necessary to make something perfect. My three year old. I was so excited for Christmas morning this year because last year she was because. Yeah. yeah. She screamed and cried from six o'clock in the morning till nine a.m. Wow! The only video I have of her is screaming at the top of the steps that she does not want to come downstairs. Wow! Merry Christmas. Yep. So um, we're uh, we're giving her up for adoption. This is okay. so check out our comments down below. You can see how to. Do you put uh, it on a, a website? Kid. Are there yeah. pictures? All of her shots. We She's believe in vaccination. Cute. Vaccinate your kids. I don't mean to get political right now. I know some people don't like that. <laughs> and uh, what I love about this moment, though, again, in how it looks like, I mean, it honestly looks like he is in tears oh, and yeah. like totally moved. Yep. Like, you, you're right. This is like, and they could have done this at the beginning. Like, I love this, that it's here yeah. in the movie because it's like a, a good time to reconnect with him as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, Ellen comes home. Opens up the attic. Great. <laughs> Clark comes right down the hole. Clark's outside with the lights. Ellen comes out. I like that her nickname for him is Sparky. It's cute. <laughs> she um, touches his little thing in his chin, too. Yeah. And he's and she asks him, well, d- did you plug it in? I don't actually understand exactly the what is happening in the what she's plugging in and what wasn't plugged in and what he's connecting, it doesn't actually track for me, but the gag is really funny. It is the switch in your house that controls- The plug. The plug. Yeah. That's all that it is. So she goes in and switches it and those lights come on. With with the most ridiculous, the way those things are plugged in, that that was our house, except my dad was really smart. He would wrap it all in plastic so it wouldn't get wet. (laughs) <laughs> and I still do that to this day. I, I think it's think probably that's good more, fire uh, safety. You know, and you and then it rains and then it fills with water. Man, it's they still work. I, I tell you the the craziest thing about growing up uh, poor was that you got the cheapest extension cords you could find. <laughs> 
and then you'd hook them to hook them to hook okay. them right. to connect to create extra plugs. Yes. And then you'd plug. So everything that I saw in that movie, yes, it's exaggerated, but it's not it's out of the realm real. of reality. Very, very, very I, real. I don't know how many times we've had to ch- we had to change fuses at Christmas because of blowing sure. it and, up from and that we, much. And we we were not poor, but my dad grew up poor, ah, so, so he yeah. li- so he, we we lived below our. Mike, you plug that, that in right now, Mike. Oh my god, right there's I, an extra I, plug in that twenty plug thing. Hundred percent. Yeah. Did you ever? Did you ever actually shut down a nuclear power plant? <laughs> no. <laughs> or not shut it down? They had to turn on the nuclear power plant. So ridiculous. And like perfect. that was a scene. Like they had to film that scene. Yep. Like they had to put that. So ridiculous. <laughs> also, too, it's fun to watch when they go into the um, uh, into the garage where that's all at. There's like a, a McDonald's like sign on mm. the side of the. There's like and there's little like trinkets from the other movies that are in there too. Just love those little pieces of it. They blind the neighbors who fall down the stairs. And of course, still Clark is not seeing that the lights no. are on because every time he's the lights go on, he's not looking, and then right. the lights go off and they switch back and forth. And finally he, they, he sees it and he goes, Ellen, I fixed it. Hallelujah. 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 Calls the family out, the neighbors come out, and they're all Pretty darn impressed, yep, actually. Correct. It does look beautiful. And I love you go down the line and each family member is, you know, even even father-in-law and mother-in-law mm. are kind of, no, it's good. It's good. Of course, Art, the father-in-law, does say, the little lights are not twinkling. I know, Art, and thanks for noticing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, and then as you're panning down, suddenly there you see Randy Quaid. <laughs> Doesn't it? How sure does look swell, Clark. Thanks, Eddie. I hope it enhances your holiday spirit, <laughs> dear Catherine. Eddie? 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 <laughs> it really is beautiful, Clark. Eddie? <laughs> I think he says it three times. Yeah. We were going to call, but Eddie wanted to make it a surprise. Yeah. You surprised? <laughs> surprised, Eddie? <laughs> if I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. Okay. <laughs> Those jokes, there are a few jokes, it's with Eddie, that you get more of the Fletch sense of humor, where Correct. he says a, a joke knowing that Eddie is not Correct. going to be right. aware. From, Can aware. I ask something now in this moment? Certainly. How hard is this movie to watch now knowing who Randy Quaid is? Oh, I, it has, a, that, a, that has honestly no effect yeah, on me. Uh, no okay. effect on me at all. Uh, Especially with like the, because Marissa didn't see it until now. She didn't believe me. And I was like, just watch this scene when he comes in yep. and he says, hey, let's go find your sister. Oh, he, right. When they're... When, when they come back into the right. house later on, he says, let's go back into the living room and find your sister, mm. who is 15 years old. Right, right, right. I don't know. There's just a there's a little bit of weirdness for me. when I, I, I still love him. I guess if you know weird. all that stuff about him, it would make it weird. Uh, I don't know too much about other than he's gone off the rails, and he's got that big-ass beard now, um, and he's in Canada hiding out or whatever. But like uh, to me, he's such a smaller part of the enjoyment of the film that it doesn't bother me at all. By the way, this is totally unrelated to that, but I looked up how old Chevy Chase and Randy Quaid are. Oh, think- 72? Not today, when they made this movie. Oh. I think Chevy is 41 and Randy Quaid is 38, or maybe it's the other wow. way. Yeah, a lot younger than me. <laughs> Just put it that <laughs> so, way. Me, 41, it yeah. was now. Yeah, so you're, you are my Clark Griswold. Wow. Um, well, you're, and- still, you're still claiming you're 41? All right, let's move on. We introduce the kids, the dog, and the RV. There are a lot of jokes here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Uh, the gerbils thing goes a little too far for me. Oh, my like, God. I don't laugh at that. I don't Is laugh that on at the that TBS joke. version? 
I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, and of course, they want to stay at the house. At least the kids do, so the adults can stay in the RV. Yeah. And it's still just we're going to make room. Oh, snots! Snots is going to stay inside snots. too. Oh, snots. snots, right? The pride and joy. Yeah. Uh, we're inside. The dog is drinking out of the tree uh, water, and the dicky. <laughs> One um, of the best costuming choices of the movie ever. Um, they are drinking out of their glasses, not unlike our glasses. Correct. And um, and we kind of hear a little bit about Eddie's family, <laughs> the older, the older, the older kids. kids, who in the first one was Kim, not Kim Control, uh, Linda. What's oh, no? I'm sorry. The the girl from uh, New Girl, uh, the the Broadway Jane Krakowski. Jane Krakowski. Oh, Jane, yeah, Krakowski. Right? she's the one yep. that's that Stirring uses her arm fist. to stir me. I have no oh, memory of that. Yeah. Oh God. Um, yeah, he's gonna he he just got a promotion. He's gonna be a, a pixie dust <laughs> spreader on the tilt world, <laughs> and then he just proceeds to knock over that wooden thing that takes forever to set up. Can I refill your eggnog for you? Get you something to eat? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere? Leave you for dead? No, I'm doing just fine, Clark. Um. And, and then we also hear that he bartered this RV from a buddy, which ends up later on being a lie. It's a good-looking vehicle, ain't it? Yeah, it's so nice parked in the driveway. Yeah, it sure does. But don't you go falling in love with it now, because we're taking it with us when we leave here next month. <laughs> <laughs> Eggnog going everywhere. Fantastic. Uh, Clark goes in back at work to, to talk to Mr. Shirley, his boss, and give him a gift, and... He is not interested in talking to Clark Griswold, and I love his line. If you'll excuse me, I'm in the middle of an important call. Get me somebody. Anybody. And get me somebody while I'm waiting. <laughs> while you're waiting. Perfect. Mm. All the gifts in the background, too, that match. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, he tries to, like, scoot his in the front. Let's go sledding. <sighs> Great scene. We have apparently some space age new lubricant from the firm that he's put on his little dish correct but eddie can't go because why the monologue about the plate in his head <laughs> i'm just gonna play it you know that metal plate in my head ah, how can i forget i had to have it replaced because every time Catherine revved up the microwave i'd piss my pants and forget who i was for a half hour or so so over at the VA, they had to replace it with a plastic one, and it ain't as strong, so. <laughs> I don't know if I ought to go sailing down no hill with nothing between the ground and my brain but a piece of government plastic. <laughs> Please do. Okay, we'll pause. Just pause. Is it playing right now? It, it, it is played. Okay. <laughs> that was hysterical. <laughs> Very well done. You can edit it so there's enough sparks, right? We don't Very have to wait. Well okay. No, no, no. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I think I think Mike Ross is our most disruptive guest. Oh yeah, I don't know how to. D I, I like it. <laughs> I, I don't think I've laughed this much in quiet. one of our podcasts in a long time. I like that you're giving us multiple takes to use of your. I'm reactions. reading. I'm reading the live comments. Everybody, everybody's having a really good time. <laughs> and the donations are up too. Donations of. By the way, yeah. if people donate now. I'll do if you donate in the next hour. I'll double that donation. Wow! Wow! I've been listening nice. to a lot, a lot of NPR. Well, people what if they really listen good. to it and they hear now, and it's like six months from now? Yeah, that's fine too. Done nope. and done. All right. No, no, it's not. Only right now. Oh. Only right now. All yep. Right. But how will they know they said that? Because they haven't heard this now. I don't know. Let's edit that part out. Okay, then. Um, we just came back from that clip. <laughs> Where they got, we got hit in the head. And he pushes off. Correct. Let her rip. Hang pen. Oh, 
Here's the thing I don't understand. This scene is ridiculous. So much. It's it's because you see the end of the hill. It's ridiculous. He he goes off like a rocket with later dudes. So if you have lubricant, its job is to reduce friction, therefore reducing heat. There would not be flames. This is not physically accurate. The science is wrong. Well. Assuming the lubricant worked. Clearly it well, didn't. Clearly it does work. Well, it, it, Why is he going so fast? Yeah, but it doesn't work to reduce the heat. So I, can yeah. I talk? Can I do it? Yes, am please. I being too disruptive? I was going to talk about the <laughs> fact he goes through a bunch of trees and that those trees aren't even on the hill. Yeah. Look down the hill. The, the hill Good is point. So small. It's true. A lot of people didn't catch that when they saw it. That's a little insider information about the movie. I don't think he did his own stunt in that. That's why he pulls his head up, oh too. Oh, my God. That's... I shouldn't be eating Swedish fish right now. It makes no. it really you, hard for me to talk. You can. I love this scene because the way it's shot is so believable. As ridiculous as the scenario oh, is, yeah. it's shot in a believable way. Absolutely. The the speed with which they shoot this thing and the flames coming off and then the shots of him in close-up just like, ah, 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 all of it works so, so well. I love the, this is great, this is great, I'm dead. <laughs> it's another day we've reached christmas eve bill you get your bonus yet i just talked to my son uh company messenger brought something to the house i guess that's it i don't get that bonus i'm in it up to here who's that actor i don't know he's familiar oh that guy he's isn't he the guy from uh, uh married with no no i'm sorry the guy in raising arizona who's like making the jokes with francis mcdormand that's the the, the, yep. the the one that has too many too many polish jokes one too many polish jokes he was on the tracy ullman show for a oh. number of years he was a series regular on the tracy ullman yeah. show interesting yep. well you have a very merry christmas very <laughs> merry christmas we're back at the house and clark is looking out the window and he envisions the pool of his future, and he envisions his family playing at the pool, and we're listening to Bing Crosby sing Melikaliki Maka. Melikaliki Maka is the wise way to say Merry Christmas to you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well. <laughs> and, and Randy Quaid is in an yes. outfit. Sorry. <laughs> By the way, apparently Randy Quaid had an Evian bottle stuffed in his shorts for much of the film to increase his... Uh, Bulging. Sheesh. Sounds about right. And, and yet he's complaining about other people lying to people. <laughs> what an interesting guy this guy is. He's a hell of a guy. Um, and then we switch, and it's no longer Randy Quaid there. We have Mary, the woman from the counter at the store, yeah. Nicolette Scorsese. And this is totally the Christy Brinkley moment for the movie. But when you're young, you're watching this like, we're going to see it. Yeah. We're going to find, like, oh, yeah. we're going to see it. It's gonna and but you don't. Nope. No. Damn. And who shows up it's at the Christmas at movie. that moment is uh the little Eddie's little daughter. <laughs> Cur- Curly Sue no it's Sue. <laughs> uh, What's her name? Uh, oh come on. Uh, I don't remember. We're gonna take a commercial break. We'll be right back. <laughs> I have it somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. It's, it's all right. Um and she asks him if he's Santa Claus. Mm. This is one of the saddest scenes of the movie, by the way. Oh, yeah. It, it, is, w- it is sweet and sad oh. and horrible and funny. Oh, She's a poor child. Yeah. So what's but, she going to know? Living in an RV? To the, right, exactly. It's not, yeah, because it's not just that she's poor. Like, it's that her parents are terrible. Yes. And they're like, you kids were bad. That's why he's not com- like. Yeah. She's like, we, did, we were so good. We didn't get Jack. Right. <laughs> he's shitting bricks. You really shouldn't say that. Sorry. Shitting shit rocks. Shitting rocks. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> I mean, well, and we later find out that he gave all their money to some uh, 
televangelist or something. Yeah, correct. Yeah, and that is why they didn't get presents. Correct. Yeah, no, they're. It's not. Good. Isn't it Vegas vacation where he buries it all and then forgets where he buried it, or was that? In- if you say so, I think so. I, I only saw it once. Um, That's terrible. I don't think I ever saw it. Maybe he gives the money to the televangelist and Fletch lives. So this whole thing is a Fletcherverse. Whoa. And this works all around. By the way, the Fletcherverse is a good phrase. <laughs> the Fletcherverse phrase. would be a oh fun God. thing to see. <laughs> um, Let's do it. Cousin isn't spies like us. His other cousin isn't three amigos. <laughs> this is a whole Fletcherverse. You got to do that these days. It's the only way to make movies anymore. <laughs> Get back. I think there's a big. I think I think Universal's. They need a real property that they can <laughs> yeah, really dig into. And After the dark universe, they got to create the. I think the Fletcherverse. <laughs> um, I'll get us a meeting uh, like next week. Everybody's back in town. But, I'll get us a meeting. But he really assures uh, her that there is Santa Claus and he's going to come and it's going to be. It's a sweet, nice scene. Yeah, and I love the, the again good buttons on the scene. Uncle Clark, are you sure you ate Santa Claus? I'm sure. I can't even afford to be an elf. Good little button. But also, like, they live in a pretty nice house. He's got a pretty, you know, it's like... Yeah, but he, no. he he put himself totally in debt to put the down payment yeah. on. Yeah. The, it's the next morning. The family is fighting. Clark's looking out the window. She says, what you looking at? Oh, the silent majesty of a winter's morn. The clean, cool chill of the holiday air. And an asshole in his bathrobe emptying a chemical toilet into my sewer. <laughs> cut to. <laughs> With one of the best musical cues, it's like, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Cousin Eddie uh, dumping shit into the sewer. It is so nasty. He doesn't know any better. He ought to know it's illegal. It's a storm sewer. If it fills with gas, I pity the person who lights a match within 10 yards of it. Cut to people smoking. Correct. <laughs> uh, we hear the t- we hear a beautiful version of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer on a tuba. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, the neighbors come out and watch. It's I mean Randy Quaid is so funny in this movie. Yeah. yeah. He's great. And then it's where we hear Clark talking to Ellen about he is worried that there are no presents for the kids. Um once again, he's legitimately good guy. Hundred percent. I agree. I agree. At times, but angry. legitimately good guy. Angry, angry in all sorts of ways right, and right. dangerous as a human, but does have a good heart. Yep. I mean he, well, this is well. You can be an asshole with a good heart. That is a his motivation is correct. Yes, you know, <laughs> telling the neighbors you should bend over and I'll show you. <laughs> yeah, all right. Not actually. So they nice. deserve it though, as we said. They deserve it because <laughs> they drink Evian. Correct. Let's go shopping with Eddie. Oh God, it's a lot Great of scene. a lot of dog food. So, but also so many little light bulbs. God, he puts those light bulbs down, Eddie. Yeah. Like the physical nature of this scene is is one. This is. Probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie. It's really funny. Um, and this is where Clark says, you know, we want to help with the kids. And Eddie goes, oh, no, you, can't, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. Uh, yeah. Now, come on. If you don't tell me what they want, I'll go out and get it on my own. Eddie gives him a big bone real treat. <laughs> then he says, here's a little list, alphabetical. <laughs> <laughs> I call that a Vogel list. So is yes. is Catherine uh, yes, Ellen's right. sister? Yes. I think that's what it is. Eddie is not related to I Ellen. don't think so. Yeah. Because that wouldn't make sense. No. Why does Art like Eddie? I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know. They're like... Well, we like Eddie. 
do we? Yeah, I think we. I you like just him said as a he's character. The funniest person in the movie. Well, well, yeah, but I if you're living separate, in that world, though. Oh, sure. I wouldn't like Eddie at all. Probably not. I think Eddie's funny in a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if that nope. is the person who you took my daughter is? away, I don't know. I think they're cousins. I think that mm. Ellen and and Eddie's wife, Catherine, I are think. cousins. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, otherwise, it would be that would be her parents too, and it wouldn't. It, that doesn't make sense, right? Because they don't have any kind of separate, right? Kind of moment with the parents and her, right. right? Good point. Um, it's Christmas Eve. Um, and who shows up but Aunt Bethany and Uncle Lewis? Jesus Christ! Oh yeah. You know what I didn't know? You know who Bethany is? Meryl Streep. Yes, that is actually Meryl Streep. <laughs> it's an amazing she performance. Does everything. So I was just that was a guess. Terrible. This guess. is the uh, the original voice of Betty Boop and Olive Oil. Yes. What? Yes. Yeah. She recently passed away, I think, in the last oh, few really? years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How old was she? Do you know how old she was? I in did this? not okay. look 35. <laughs> you want to talk about makeup? 22. <laughs> she was three years old when she did Betty Boop. <laughs> boop, boop, be doo. Uh, Say it, kid. Uh, and as we said, that's William Hickey as Uncle Lewis. And there's some jokes with toupees. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they are they are amazingly fun funnily mm. doddering. Um, she brings in some presents. One of the presents is breathing. <laughs> so how is that done? I still I, I, I still don't Should know. Should we Chevy Chase with the present? With with the cat. Oh, because yeah. Because part of it is him moving it. Right. But right. there's definitely something that, like, the first jolt of it is not him moving the is not him moving it. I don't, It looks so good. It and looks so, so good. funny with it. Yeah. I thought it was oh. just him. God damn it. She wrapped her cat. <laughs> and she tastes that. Oh, Ellen gets the the Jello mold and Eddie licks her finger. Oh yeah, it is. Ugh. Um, apparently that was Randy Quaid's idea. Oh, <laughs> of course, it's time for dinner. Oh man, beautiful looking turkey. He asks uh, Aunt Bethany to lead Grace. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I love that Randy Eddie, stands. Eddie stands. <laughs> That's the best. It's good. <laughs> There's so so again, we said it a million times on this podcast, but reaction shots are so important for comedy. Oh yeah. And the her starting with the pledge of allegiance and the looks that go around, <laughs> yeah. and then the like, oh, I guess we're doing this. Yes. <laughs> yep. And then Eddie standing up. It's really really funny. Catherine. This turkey tastes half as good as it looks. I think we're all in for a very big treat. Yeah. Save, Save the neck for me. <laughs> okay. And then he touches, just touches the turkey, and it's that is a great practical effect. Fantastic. With the smoke, <laughs> the smoke is, coming oh, yeah. out. Yeah. I yeah. told you I put it in for too long. There's the heart. <laughs> Apparently they had like four birds because this was hard to do. Oh, I'm sure. Like, how do you get this to oh, work yeah. exactly right? It reminds me of a friend who tried to cook a turkey in two hours in one of those because uh, they oh, were told that the recipe they could do. Oh, yeah. Days. Our friend that thinks she can cook, she can't. Sorry. <laughs> I think I missed this one. <laughs> yeah. She thought very. She, she thought she could cook a turkey in, in like three hours. Three hours. <laughs> she and found some recipe that said you could. <laughs> yeah. Cook she opened the oven and it ran out of the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> True story. Uh, cut to later, they're all chewing oh. dry. Oh, there's that lime jello. Oh, oh god, they're flipping it, flipping it over the shoulder, too. That's one of his best moments, too. He's chewing it, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just gonna make this work. It looks fine, looks good. 
Uh, so good. Randy Quaid takes a taste of something as it goes by before serving it. So <laughs> oh. it's all good. It's all good stuff. And Damn while man. all of this is happening, um, the cat is over with the tree, chewing on the lights. Correct. Mm. I was wondering how they did this, because that's a cat, yep. and there's a light. It's a cable and a light and a light on the other side. And it's like, well, the cat could actually chew through that. Yeah, I think this is before the uh, animal union too. So they just had other cats just ready no to go. One, there was no safety no at the safety. time of this film. <laughs> you know, and it's a cat. Like, who really cares at the end of the day? So, yeah. Fair. Um, Sorry. And again, it's waiting. It's waiting for the horribleness to happen. That is where there's Correct. a lot of waiting. Yeah. Lewis wants to get his stogies and Clark's back in the in the room with the tree and the lights have gone out and he sees the plugs have been pulled out and. Well, not you missed one of the best oh, lines a, of the movie. What's that? Hey, kids. I heard on the news that an airline pilot spotted Santa's sled on its way in from New York. Oh. 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 You serious, Clark? <laughs> like, that holy shit, fun. we might get Santa this year. Like, <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, and then he plugs in one plug. Plugs you think in, you're going to get You think you're you going to get it? You don't? Nothing. Nope. Plugs in the second plug. That would be the, cut to <laughs> under the chair, a burnt outline of a cat. Brilliant. Um, oh, yeah. So good. The smell. <laughs> oh, the smell. Outside, Eddie wants to keep the chair. <laughs> Fumigate it and keep it. Yeah. Seems like a nice chair. Uh, we cut to the green glowing slop under the sewer <laughs> because somehow, I think between the nuclear power plant turning on and the sewer gas, Good that point. is we have irradiated uh, uh, sewer uh, refuse. Which becomes the pink slime in Ghostbusters 2, connecting Whoa. that universe as to, well. To so, the Fletcherverse. To the Fletcherverse. Wow. It's a big universe. Wow. Also to modern problems. And to modern problems. Yes. Same green slime. I love that movie so much. I loved it in 1984. <laughs> I don't know if I would still love it. Well, Eddie Diarbin. Next episode, and I'll be so excited to come we back. We've got a lot of work to do. That one, too. We're having such a great time. <laughs> Modern Problems is funny, man. That movie is still fun. I saw it like last year. It's really? still fun. What is it? I don't, what? what? He it? gets superpowers. Yeah, he gets superpowers because this new, like, he's, he's he's an air traffic cool. controller. Cool. Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase. He's an air traffic controller. He's driving, driving yeah. to, his, to his wife or to his girlfriend, whatever, and this like uh, radioactive sludge falls off a truck, falls on top of the car, and he gets exposed to it. And now he has like telekinetic power. Telekinetic power to make people do things. Kind of like zapped, but for adults. Yeah, yeah. And so he can make people do things. And uh, he's like going through a breakup with Patty D'Arbanville, but now he can win her back. And I think uh, Dabney Coleman is trying to of course, win her. Dabney Coleman is trying to Coleman. win her. And uh, and then you have Nell Carter in there as well as a Jamaican priestess trying to. Who says that he's the devil because he can do these kinds of things and nobody believes her? Is it, but she's is it absolutely funny? right. Uh, it's funny as hell, I'm in my opinion. For an eighties comedy, again, I have not seen it since the eighties. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious in the eighties. Yes, but I don't know. I, I would be really scared of that one. I but. forget the trailer where he snorts all this coke up. Oh and yes, he, and he goes in a, ah, he just says some crazy shit in the trailer. It's brilliant. All right. We will it. post. We will post at least a link to the trailer Please. on the yeah. Facebook page. That's great. Absolutely. Comment and also comment just on what you think of that movie too. <laughs> you guys, you got to do this in the show. Like you're so smart. Hit like about and this. subscribe. Yep. Hit like. Tell and all your friends. <laughs> okay. Next scene. <laughs> We're inside. Clark is in the <laughs> foreground. We see Lewis with his stogie in the background, and I just love the. Huge burst of flame in the right. background. <laughs> no reaction. 
And then he walks, tree. walks in, sees the tree burnt up, talking to Lewis. And this is an important piece of filmmaking. Yeah. So Lewis is on fire. He's going to turn around. We're going to see the flames on his back. You have the choice as a filmmaker. You're in post. You're editing your film. You could either show Lewis on fire and show Chevy Chase's reaction, or you could show Chevy Chase's reaction and then show Lewis on fire. They do the latter, and that is the funnier choice. Yep. Yeah. It's way funnier to see Chevy Chase, because we know what we're going to see. We we know he's on fire already. Right. Seeing Chevy Chase react to it without seeing it is actually fun. Well, because he yeah. has that moment, too, where it's like the heartbreak of this, my tree. Yeah. And he looks like he's, and then the care for the, oh, shit, it's yeah. the person. And tackles him. Yeah, and tackles him. Everyone is now worried that Clark is going to freak out. It was an ugly tree anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a delivery guy. He says, I have a delivery for Clark W. Grismer. <laughs> and he hands him an envelope. There's a reaction. This is going to be it. This is the bonus. It's bigger than you imagined. Everyone looks. Yeah. And well, he he makes so many of the classic blunders. Like in addition to getting the drum roll and singing Joy to the World yeah. before plugging yes. the, the, the lights in. Now he says, I was going to wait till tomorrow to tell you all this, but what the heck? <laughs> With this bonus check, I'm putting in a swimming pool. Well, he opens it up and puts it against his chest. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're gonna keep Even teasing more dramatic, him. Even more dramatic, And again, like the like the fire, like everything. We know that he's gonna fall down the ladder. We know he's gonna fall Correct. off the roof. Yeah. We know everything, so we know this is not gonna be good. Correct. And he, he apologizes for being short tempered. Yeah. If I've been a little short with everyone lately, it's. I've been waiting for this bonus to make sure the pool goes in as soon as the ground thaws. I had to lay out the money in advance, and until this little miracle arrived, I didn't have enough in my account to cover the check I wrote. He says, if there's enough left over, I'll fly you all out here to dedicate it. I can't swim, Clark. I know that, Eddie. <laughs> and then he reacts, and I love that he just starts walking forward. What, what is this? Is it bigger than you expected? Is it... What is it? It's a one-year membership in the Jelly of the Month Club. Which, by the way, I would love. I totally would like a one a Jelly of the Month Club. Yeah, absolutely. I like all the month clubs. Fruit of the Month Club, the Whiskey of the Month Club. I will... T I, yeah. More than a pool? That's in addition to what you already have. He was hoping... If you were in a situation where you were I see your point. in a pool... Well, you if were going to lose was, your house? Sure. Jelly of the Month Club means nothing. I mean, if I'm expecting a Jelly of the Month Club, if I'm expecting a large <laughs> bonus to build a pool, yeah. Yeah. I would not be happy. But, but Eddie's got a, you know, got a real nice, he's like, well, that's a gift that keeps on giving the whole year long, Clark. <laughs> this isn't the biggest bag over the head punch in the face I ever got. God damn it! Son. Here it is. Two little behind-the-scenes movie moments here. You can see a grip as he's going into that other room. You can see a grip that is probably on the camera crew moving off to the side. Yep. Also, because when it moved to whatever formats, you can see the blackout curtain that's holding all the lights up top too. Are you go ahead and you go ahead and check it out. <laughs> okay. They're little bloopers. I, I forgot to mention them all the way through. We gotta go back and go back. Mm. Well, I'll just edit them all. Okay, way. that's great. Yeah. Perfect. Um, and he chucks some eggnog. And it's good, it's good, it's good. It's good. <laughs> and then we get it. And I'm just gonna cut to the speech. Hey, if any of you are looking for any last-minute gift ideas for me, I have one. I'd like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. 
I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there in Melody Lane with all the other rich people. And I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood Sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is! Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? (laughs) It is, by the way, uh, cue cards all around the room for him to do this speech. No surprise. Yeah. So that, seriously? Yeah. That's a lot to memorize. And that breaking point in them in that in that moment too, yeah. and the next place he goes to for pretty much the rest of the, this this mm-hmm. movie, it's uh, 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 amazing. I love, love. And, and of course, who do we cut to at the end of this giant speech? Eddie, Eddie, yeah. And outside, we see that tree in the foreground, and we see the RV speeding off in the background. And he's got Clark's got the chainsaw, and the family's going. Maybe we should talk to him. I love Russ goes up to talk to him. And he just turns with that chainsaw. Good talk, Dad. Uh, the neighbors are complaining. Maybe we should have gotten a Christmas tree. Right. Uh, where would you get a tree on Christmas Eve? Bam. But also the slow pull of it. That's the funniest part. Yeah. The tree coming out. <laughs> Was that really necessary? We needed a tree. May I remind you that, that this, this was all was my all... idea? No, no, no. I'm well aware of that, honey. Things have become very clear for him. Oh yeah, yeah. This is we we needed a tree. A... I got the tree. Mm-hmm. No, we needed a coffin. <laughs> we needed <laughs> a, a tree. We need a tree. That's a great. How can I say that? And he says, "I'm fine. I I I've done the I'm fine. I do it every day. <laughs> I'm fine. Are any are any of them true? No. 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 I mean, I think I am in the moment. Looking back, probably not." He walks out of the bathroom, top of a railing. The little top of the railing is loose, which is, it's a wonderful life. Yeah, total reference. And cuts that thing off with a chainsaw. <laughs> it's a goalpost. We're putting some presents under the tree. And uh, Bethany asks, what's that sound? And it was like, no, you're not, there's nothing there. And it's like, wait, I hear a sound too. <laughs> it's a funny squeaky sound. And he puts his face into oh, the tree. Yeah. Squirrel. Squirrel. Best. Oh my goodness. This is ridiculous. This is a ridiculous. So ridiculous. Yeah. And amazing. It's really funny. Squirrel attacks. It chases the family around. It's on the back of Chevy's head. It's, it's, yeah. Mom, don't move. She's like face down on the ground. And the... I love that she's just totally just laying dead. Another small moment here, too. He mentioned this in the QA, too, where he goes, Russ! Yells it, and he's like, I'm right here, Dad. He's like standing right underneath. Him. <laughs> Russ, I'm right here, Dad. <sighs> Fun fact. They spent three months training the squirrel to do all Come the on. gags. What? Three months. Well, first of all, squirrels, not easy to train. I'm sure. Second of all, they I had to have the squirrel I didn't say they were, but I didn't stuff. think it was a real squirrel. Want to know what happened a week before they shot this scene? It died. Squirrel, squirrel died. died. <laughs> all this money. Well, and this is like, A, that is what filmmaking is like, period. Yeah. But B... That is perfect for this film. Oh, because they had the perfect plan, so they had to kind of make it up with toy squirrels and, which actually I think is funnier. Absolutely. 
I love um, that it's a cartoonish film, but they thought it had to go real on this. One. Yeah, the, we got to go real with Squirrel. Time on. Yeah, I know. Right. Julia Louis Dreyfus is pissed off, and she wants her boyfriend, whose name I don't remember, Todd, Todd, to Todd. go rush over there and knock his block off. I don't know, Margot. Yeah. Oh, Margo's a great name. This is where the door knocker rips off. Yes. I'm sorry. It wasn't earlier. Apologies. Um, and she says, well, if you're not going to go do it, I'm going to go do it. Right. Marches right over to the front door. This does not go well for her. <laughs> the squirrel and the dog knock her down. She yeah. goes back to her house. And he says, like, what happened to you? And she punches him out. <laughs> That's a good little punch. She's got too. a good punch. Yeah. You remember when she and Seinfeld would do the get out and hit? Yes. Yes. She's a powerful person. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. She hits hard. Grounded. Uh, yes. Uh, and now, you know what? Let's cut our losses. Let's all go home. This is not Christmas. It's not working. And they're all leaving. And I love Clark's <laughs> monologue. This actually is my favorite speech. Yes. Today. Yeah. Nobody's leaving. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. No, no. We're all in this together. This is a full-blown, four-alarm holiday emergency here. We're going to press on, and we're going to have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap danced with Danny fucking K. And when Santa squeezes his fat white ass down that chimney night, he's going to find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nuthouse. And then his laugh. <laughs> <laughs> he's just maniacal. <laughs> <laughs> This, you're goofy. Don't piss me off. <laughs> he finally has the moment with the, you know, yeah. don't piss me off, Art. Yeah. Um, Which is a finally, it's finally the moment. Look, this is his first it's Christmas. My home. Right. Yeah. This is his first you're Christmas, staying. as you said earlier, right. hosting Christmas. I've been patient. And he's been patient the whole time. <laughs> this moment is when he goes, man to man to everybody, this is my goddamn <laughs> and, and man to man, they all respect it. They all had that moment Absolutely. themselves. Well, yeah. and, he's, and he's scary. Yeah, it's scary. It's, it's scary. Right. Um, he can be scary. Um, he goes into the kitchen and in comes dad. This, okay. Oh, dude. This is such a beautiful damn scene. This, it's only been in the past few years, but this scene is like... Oh, yeah, you cry every time, don't you? It's yeah. Yep, it's me too, there. man. It's like me too. I, and you know, for the especially for the two of you two, and this year, uh, yeah. because we didn't do record this before. Right. Mm. I thought of you guys during this scene, like yeah. all seriousness. Right, guys, we're breaking this out. All seriousness. It is. It's it's so it's just it's so much of a different meaning when yeah. you have a family, or I'm sure when you lose a father like sure, that. Sure, sure. It's sure. it just is. This scene rocks me now. Yeah. Every time I see it. Well, what I love about it too is that. This is when we find out, like, oh, no, the Christmases weren't perfect back then. And, right, and right. Dad is laying on some deep wisdom. It's like, I, I love you. We all love you. This is a terrible night. Nothing's gone right. It's a disaster. But you losing your temper with the whole family only makes things worse. And you're too good a father to act like this. And then he says, Dad, how did you get through all our terrible Christmases? <laughs> and he said, I have a little help from Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels. <laughs> I relate to that, too. <laughs> um... And, I'm retired. And, and I'm the, retired. Oh, and, and that's it. Well, and what is he retired from? Reading the reading the story. Twas the night before right, Christmas. Yep, right. Which, by the way, that's my family tradition. We oh, read Twas the night before Christmas awesome. on Christmas Eve. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Every year, and 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 this year was the first year that Jack's read. Oh, nice. Like, because what we do, everyone reads a stanza, and you kind of go around the room, cool. and so Jack's read a stanza because his reading has gotten good enough to do it now. Nice, and that is that is really special yeah, to me. Awesome. It's 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 so funny what the, it's the little silly traditions from totally. my family that actually like like one of them, which we didn't do this year because we were traveling, but our tradition with we we'd hang stockings up, and the stockings. Uh, 
we were always, you would get up, we're always filled with just silly crap that my dad bought at the 99 cent store. Right. So it was like deodorant and a, you know, a silver dollar and some lifesavers and an orange and just, you know, weird random stuff. And yeah. that was so much fun. Yeah. Like that tradition. And I, now I'm the one who goes off to the 99 cent store and goes like, and I found some firecrackers and I found some, you know, weird little lights that like just weird fun stuff. Yep. That makes me really happy. Yeah. It is in fact, not the big stuff mostly because the big stuff is hard and, you can't you can't pull it off, but a, a thing of deodorant in your stocking, you yep. can. Yep. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. So we go back out and we're reading towards the night before Christmas, and we intercut with an RV pulling away from a fancy house, mm-hmm. and then we intercut with who we know is Frank Shirley's wife giving a description to the police of Eddie. Um, he kind was a, of kind of turned on when she's saying it. A correct? beastly bulging man. <laughs> Again, I refer you to the Evian bottle in yes. his pants. In a leisure suit. Is um, it? It's a blue leisure suit, yeah. which is a spectacular yes. oh, blue yeah. leisure suit. Yes. Do you have one of those? No. You no. should. I know. You really should. <laughs> I know. You should. That'd be good for next Christmas. Um, Done. It's a, I think it's a Christmas Halloween combo. You can Done. use it for both. Absolutely. With mm-hmm. an Evian. I just I gotta get an Evian bottle. That's what I think. Well, That'll sure. be the hardest part. That will be hard. Well. Hey. And then we get to him continuing on reading Twas the Night Before Christmas and says The moon on the breast of the new fallen snow gave a luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wondering eye should appear but a miniature sleigh. And and, and Eddie. With a man in his pajamas and a dog chain tied to his wrists and ankles. What the? <laughs> because who's marching up at Eddie with Brian Doyle Murray, who he has kidnapped? Yep. I have never been treated like this in my life. I'm sorry. This is our family's first kidnapping. You're fired. Where's the phone? I'm calling the police. Eh, just hold your wad there, fella. Clark had nothing to do with this. This here was my idea. All right. He's still fired. And you are going to jail. And we hear about, you know, the Christmas bonuses. And he says, well, you couldn't have gotten a bonus because I didn't I didn't give him this year. Even worse, I didn't give him this year. Yes. This, it is, it is truly a fucked up thing that this guy does. Yeah. Like, if you've established that everybody gets a Christmas bonus, uh-huh. that's part of your salary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not give it. Correct. I think Christmas bonuses are a weird thing. Yeah. I, I think you should pay people the right amount of money. But- if you give them a bonus, you should always give them a bonus. It's that carrot, yeah, held out in front of the horse type thing for the most people, you know. Yeah. Did and it just used to be bonuses? Yeah. Well, no, it depends on the business you're in, right? So yeah. if you're in a sales business yes. and you're the number one salesperson, you and you've bonus. got the Glen Gary leads, then right. you would get a Cadillac. That's right. First prize. Second prize, set a steak night. Third so. prize, you fight. We will do. We got to do that. I think this year we got to do that. Movie. We got to do Glen Gary Glen Ross. Oh, we'll come back for that. Uh, I, there have been, I think, at least two people I can think of who have already claimed that movie. Yeah, that's um, great. They're pretty much not available all the times you guys are <laughs> recording, so I'll um, be back for that. That's yeah, a weird thing. And you know what? <laughs> Clark is really cool. He doesn't throw Eddie under the bus, and he even says, I will take the blame for all the other people that you rear-ended. Which is what the patron, I'm sorry, the paternal... Yeah, person Correct. of the Christmas. I'm gonna do. take. Correct. I'm gonna yeah. take it. Do you think he's also everything's gone to shit? Right, right, yeah. right. He is resigned in this moment with them sitting around doing it, and he have a talk with his dad well, that that he's not given up, but just like okay, we're just gonna enjoy what we've got now. He's accepted it, and that's it. Well, one of the classic pieces of screenplay structure is the dark moment of the soul. Mm-hmm. Is that you went to your lowest point, 
He yelled at his family. He said, we all have to stay for Christmas. He had a scene with his dad who, who said this is about family and basically got him back on the rails. And yeah. now he's has gained in character to do this thing. Right. And of course, that's what softens Brian Dole Murray, who says, Carl, <laughs> Chevy Chase's look in this moment is so funny. Yes. Like, is he talking to me? <laughs> he says, whatever you got for your bonus last year, add 20%. Right. So we're going to be okay. Mm. Um, it, the faint, the full faint. And we faint. hear, and, oh yeah, he does the full yeah, the straight full. down faint. <laughs> straight. And we hear, here comes Santa Claus. Uh, just as the cops come rolling With in, more police cars rolling onto the front lawn. Oh yeah, repelling from the top of the. It's a full SWAT, full destruction. Yeah, it's different when a, a regular person can have versus a CEO of a company. Correct. And all yeah. of a sudden, all oh, yeah. the cops come oh, yeah. out. Yeah. That's and, it. And they and and of course we go back to the neighbors and we hear the knocking on the door. <laughs> Do you want to come in? You have to break the door down. Boom. <laughs> um, by the way, uh, this is Gene Autry's version of "Here Comes Santa Claus." who is a cousin of Randy Quaid's. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. How interesting. These are the things you find out on The Singing Cinephiles. Singing Cowboy. Yeah. I'm glad I'm listening. By the way, if you guys haven't watched Listening, if you haven't watched the country music Ken Burns documentary I sh- on PBS, Here's Gene Autry is a very large part of it, so definitely mm-hmm. watch it to find out so much more about that guy. And then he says, Merry Christmas and to all a good night, and those SWAT people swing down, cr- crash into the, into the room, they yell, freeze, the police freeze. Oh, such a goofy, <laughs> like real, like that to me is that was. That's too, where it went too far. It's too not you, not you, and they move in. Yeah, yeah, I would have. I cut that. I would just cut that part. <laughs> the freeze pose is fantastic. The freeze pose is great, particularly with Ellen's hand on. Chief. Yeah, oh, and yeah, you got right. the sound effect too. After she shakes his hand, it yeah. makes like a cupping sound afterwards. Uh, and then, but but Frank says, "No, we. This is all a mistake. We've worked it all out." His wife comes in, and this is where we explain. Oh, you know that thing I've been talking about with holding back you the bonus. Didn't. Yeah. What a cheap way to make a buck, yeah. um, Mister. If you were my boss, I'd beat you with a rubber hose. <laughs> For the police chief. It's a good lesson to all bosses. Great line. Respect people around Christmas. It's absolutely true. By the way, in this scene too, if you watch when they're all frozen, every single person is trying to make sure that they're seen in the camera. Yes. It's, as good as it should. It's, yes. No, not the. the you mean all the, the lead? Oh, all the leads. Yeah. That's funny. Watch that scene. Yeah. It, like there's a few. They kind of like readjust in some of them. Everybody's trying to make sure they're in that in that yep. moment. Hysterical. Um, and we see a shooting star, and we all go outside, and um, and they go, oh, it's the it's a Christmas it's it's a Christmas star. <laughs> and then Lewis is like, that's not the Christmas star. That's the light on the sewage treatment plant. Lewis, no. Well, and well, before he kind of starts to make the speech of, we've learned the real meaning of Christmas, and I don't think we really get to the whole thing because Lewis has lighted a match. He's standing right over the oh, green so stuff, good. and we know we know what's about to happen. Oh, yeah. He yells, "Lewis, no!" The match drops. There's the explosion. Lewis goes flying. I love him being lifted. The best. Right. <laughs> the best. It's all in slow mo. He crashes into them, and. And the sled shoots up in the air like a rocket, <laughs> and Aunt Bethany starts singing the Star Spangled Banner. Like if the Pledge of Allegiance wasn't enough, yeah, we got to oh, do it, do it one over. And all the looks from everyone are amazing. And in particular, watch uh, Beverly D'Angelo in this moment, yeah, because she kind of here's. So I have a whole theory about her. <laughs> okay, is that I think 
she because I keep going like, why is she still with Clark Griswold? Like, like, why does she? I mean, the man is a physical menace. He could get her killed at yes. any time. He spends the money on the on the pool. He's like he's a dangerous person to be around. And I think in this moment, as the Star Spangled Banner is singing, I think she looks over and goes maybe Clark is right. Like it's all working out. Like somehow this is all my whole way of being reasonable was actually wrong. This guy's really got, got it, it figured He's out. Got it. Yeah. 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 Um, it's a, it is a great, great moment. And I love, by the way, at the end, after the sleigh goes in front of the moon in a classic Santa Claus shot. And when she finishes the song, she says, Play ball, <laughs> which, by the way, if it had been my dad, he would have said, go Bears. Ah, the end nice. of the, <laughs> the national anthem, my dad would yell, go Bears, because go Bears. Go Bears. we were usually at a Cal game. And Lewis gets his toupee back on. We're singing a little fa-la-la-la-la, and we have Ellen and Clark. Merry Christmas, barkeeper. And he pulls her into a big, huge kiss, and he looks up around and says, I did it. <laughs> and that is the end of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah. I think one of the best endings of a movie ever. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Like the, the Rosebud yeah. and this. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, it, it opened at number two at the box office mm. behind Back to the Future 2. That's fair. Oh. And made $71 million and has become a perennial Christmas classic. Mm. Yeah. It's funny, I was thinking about, well, maybe this is more of my final thoughts. Well, I'll give my final thoughts. Is that, so we've done four holiday films. Mm. We did my all-time favorite, which is It's a Wonderful Life, which is a deep and profound movie to me about sacrifice and about, you know, what is the the meaning of of being a good person and and what are the difference between dreams and things like that. We did... Miracle on 34th Street, which is all about the spirit of Christmas and how why is it important to believe in these things even when they don't make sense and 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 focusing on that rather than the mundane commercial aspects of stuff. We did Scrooged, which is a classic tale done in a, a dark way, which again focuses on going to the true meaning of Christmas and the spirit of giving and of family and all of those things. So all three of those movies are pointing in one direction. This movie, <laughs> while it's completely ridiculous, in a lot of ways is focusing on this whole other aspect of Christmas that we never talk about, which is that it's difficult, yeah. it's stressful, it involves a lot of pain, and it's almost like a, a test that you have to go through, a rite of passage, particularly as you become like a father and you're like, have to do this stuff. And I'm like, oh, there is a deep truth <laughs> in Christmas Vacation. Will I say it's my favorite movie? It is not, but it hit me in a totally different way this time. And I was like, I am Clark Griswold. Yeah. <laughs> Those are my final thoughts. John, how about you? Uh, I can't echo what you said any more uh, strongly, but I will add this. Um, the thing that's the gift of Christmas Vacation, it is of the movies you've listed, of we just said, and of course, um, It's a Wonderful Life is obviously my favorite as well, uh, is this is the most realistic yeah. version of For Christmas. As unrealistic Absolutely. as it is. As unrealistic as it is, because everybody 
listening to us probably has some outlandish Christmas story that happened in their history of like, who's going to come up and watch their grandmother switching tags yeah. on Christmas. Right. Like, we all have this weird family thing that's happened at Christmas. For whatever reason, the holidays bring out the most interesting aspects of people's personalities in our families. But at the end of the day, someone inevitably at some point finds that moment where everyone is in unison agreeing with what the spirit of Christmas is supposed to be about. And through all the shit they go through in this movie, they find that moment at the end and it's it actually works. Yes. And I think that's what's incredible about this movie. As much as you may want to, you know, like make fun of it as not as touching or heartwarming or endearing or whatever, there is a reality to this that I think is endearing and heartwarming and truthful that in spite of all the lunacy and dysfunction that exists in families, Somehow, way at the bottom, at the core, at the foundation, is this desire to share a moment of appreciation and gratitude for even having this family, or a family at all. Agreed. That's why I watch this movie secretly by myself, December 1st, every year. <laughs> I swear to Christ. That's December great. 1st, I watch it by myself, because I say, if they can get through it, so <laughs> <laughs> you did it. Inspiration. <laughs> Every year, you did it. I did it. Did you feel at the end of this year's Christmas, which obviously has culminated with the recording of this podcast, mm, yeah. that you can successfully say, I did it? Yeah. I feel like we did it. 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 So that's what we think of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Of course, we always want to hear what you think. Visit our Facebook page. We're going to put some stuff up there that came up, including modern problems and a few other things <laughs> we'll post. Um, just do a search for the cinephiles there. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, on YouTube, on Stitcher, on Spotify. But also remember, guys, this show doesn't exist without without all of you. And we really need to you go to the Patreon page. We need you to comment below. We need you to like. We need you to subscribe. Go check out all the great programming that's associated with these guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for being for being fans. <laughs> but, John, do you have any? Do you have any yeah, you can do that at www.patreon.com slash the cinephiles. Uh, we have multiple tiers for you to donate from. And look, it's 2020. It's a new year. So Steve and I are definitely getting together uh, with the person who's going to be running our Patreon, coming up with some great new things to happen. And hey, those of you who know, uh, I am no longer at Collider, so I have way more free time now to create even more content with Steve and assorted other guests for the cinephiles. So you will definitely get much, much more bang for your buck than you've gotten even before we were doing all these things. So come aboard the Cinephiles train even more so uh, than before. And all you... these deals and more, just stick around. <laughs> Steve, you... did you have any last words? I did have one more thing to announce, which was we have a very special announcement. If you've made it this through, long through this episode, as you know, Yes. A few years ago, we did the month of Kane, the yeah. entire month of Cinephiles devoted to Citizen Kane. Last year, we did the month of Hitchcock, an entire month of, of Cinephiles devoted to the work of Alfred Hitchcock. This year, 2020, will begin with Drum roll, the, month, <laughs> the month of Akira Kurosawa. The month yeah. of Kurosawa, we will definitely be doing uh, The Seven Samurai, which mm -hmm. is one of uh, obviously one of our favorite films of all time. Yes. And we were doing one other film that we're going to do as a commentary track to be named later and you will be able to vote for what that film is on our upcoming survey which we're going to put out in the next couple of days yep. so that is the month of kurosawa coming on the cinephiles and i think that's it for this week michael ross 
This has been so much fun, guys. This has been. <laughs> I can't wait to come back in two years. Two years again, when you I figure like... out another shitty movie for me to come in and talk about that you don't really care about. But this is Monty really Python's great. Holy Grail. We not cared a about, shitty movie yeah, that I don't care about. about. That. But oh. I, I love that this podcast was like Christmas Vacation. Oh uh, yeah, all, all reliving it all over again through having you on. Thank it. you. It was great. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, if people wanted oh. to reach you on the interwebs, you do any of that stuff? No, you can find me on t- Twitter, Otter Puppet, but like, don't don't bother. I just like coming here and talking. Okay, that's it. <laughs> well, you could find me on Twitter and on as SR Morris on Instagram as SR Morris One. John, you what can about find you? me at the Roca says on Twitter and on Instagram, and go subscribe to my YouTube channel now that is going up. Uh, already 1,500 subscribers in the last three hours from 153, just from putting the call out on social media. So if you haven't subscribed, what would we search for to you, find? Uh, it's uh, oh, it's Johnny Johnny S Roca 70. So just go and find that, or just type in my name, John Roca. You'll see it come up, uh, and uh, you, you'll subscribe there. I'm going to do live streams, do original content. I'm going to get Steve to come on and do stuff with me. And I'm well. already pitching ideas for it too. So there's going to be a lot of me on that channel. Too. <laughs> it's a lot of Ross. It's great. Definitely some drunk uh, uh, drunk stuff going on with. Ross, Perfect. but yes, these are the things. Just look for John Roca and uh, my beautiful, my beautiful face on the thumbnail, and subscribe. Long live Outlaw Nation, and yes. long live the Cinephiles. We will see you next time. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.